August 18, 1973. News of a bizarre chainsaw-wielding family. Reports which were to ignite the world's imagination began to filter out of central Texas. Regrettably, not one of the family members was ever apprehended, and for more than 10 years, nothing further was heard. Then, over the next several years, at least two minor yet apparently related incidents were reported. Then again, nothing. For five long years, silence. Listening to the Buzzkill Podcast. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. It is episode 195. Welcome back to the Buzz to Kill podcast, where today we dig deeper into the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise run looking for oil. Did we strike it rich? Find out on. <laughs> Maybe he's born with it. Maybe it's somebody else's face. <laughs> like my uh, my announcer voice. Yeah. Pretty good, right? That was very good. Trying out for uh, for the hosting duties for Unsolved Mysteries. What the fuck? That's that's gonna want to do it. Oh, you mean like it. this guy from the <laughs> the <laughs> the story's unheard? Apparently, to to be effective as a voiceover, you just have to elongate the ends of words. Elongate, but not upspeak. But not upspeak. <laughs> Could you imagine if you, the Texas the Texas Chainsaw the Texas Chainsaw Massacre? <laughs> it was in 1974. <laughs> Sally Hardesty. <laughs> you remember that chick that was on Jeopardy that was like the worst up speaker ever? And then we 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 were sort of like having a little, little bit of fun at her expense in all fairness yeah of course but then we found out later on that like the whole like internet was pretty much making fun of her and we felt kind of bad afterwards no no here's the thing is i i think i first what happened the whole internet started to make fun of her in response to people who were getting upset about a few people talking about the way she upspoke because a few people were on like I don't know Reddit and other forums and mm-hmm. shit like that, going, "What is? Why does this chick talk like this all the time? Why is it? I'll take <laughs> I'll take potent potables for four hundred, Alex." And oh people God. started calling her out, and yeah. then you know, in this day it and was age, really annoying. In this day and age, everybody <laughs> wants to you know, like I don't know, fake offense at something. Sure, sure. So they're like, uh, maybe. <laughs> So the fact there were, that, there were so some the people that actually saying people, like uh, I actually know people with a I actually know excuse me but I actually know people with a uh, a medical disorder where it makes them talk like that is it that person which does? is funny because <laughs> you know that they're saying it like that probably because they're saying it with that same inflection as they're trying to call you out for being an asshole probably I actually know people i'm one of them my name is karen (laughs) so so people got all up in arms about people making fun of her and then and then that in return made it the entire internet make fun of her it wouldn't have been a big deal if the people who were fake taking offense to it wouldn't have made a big stink because then everybody heard about it which is stupid which i feel is kind of like that's that's how most things go these days Uh, you know what i mean that's true the uh 
the the justice warriors, if you will, probably make a bigger stink out of things they should be, and then it gets way more press than it ever would have. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like it's, it, it is kind of the opposite. It's like you're getting mad at something, but then you're actually making the problem ten times worse because you're drawing more attention to it. They actually have a name for that. I've not, learned not justice warriors, but you know. not yeah, not social justice no. warriors. They're more they're more concerned about like uh, you know like actual. Yeah, yeah, actual important, actual important things, but they actually have a name for that. What you just described, and it's called the um, <clears throat> fuck. What the hell's her name? Uh, 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 <laughs> why can't I think of her name? I don't know. Barbara, Barbara's the Barbara Streisand effect. They call it the Streisand effect because, um, if I'm not mistaken, there was this. <clears throat> excuse <laughs> me. <laughs> there, there was this thing. There was this thing where. Uh, I think it was like paparazzi sent in, like they had drones and they found where her new house was or something. And I'll have to look it up to make sure that this is right. But it sounds fascinating. But she, they, she basically, she got pissed off at the, the fact that they had like discovered where her compound was. And so, <laughs> the Streisand compound. <laughs> and so she started like, you know, yelling about it on the internet and stuff like that and that in turn made more people flock to to her house uh, so they call it the streisand effect when people complain about something that normally wouldn't get a lot of complaints mm-hmm. and then it makes everybody else pay attention to it the streisand effect. gotcha well on that note what's going on guys i'm mike hey i'm jim i said that i said that a little bit more uh, enthusiastic this week are you happy <laughs> hey guys, I'm Mike. I was, so and after the day you had today, I'm, oh I'm, my I'm God. surprised that you I, well, I'm making, are a little more upbeat. I'm making a conscious effort to be a little bit more upbeat because uh, last week you listened back to the episode. Listen, here's the deal: we're 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 realists about this. Not every episode is like the best episode. Sometimes we got some weeks where uh, you listen back to it and you go, Ooh, that was that was that was maybe not not the best we could have possibly done." That was last tough week to get through. <laughs> last week wasn't necessarily overtly bad, other than the fact that you trying to make me look like a pedophile, mm. or that That's might have been so- it might have been a hole that I dug myself. But yeah, you you were definitely <laughs> you were definitely. Lending just, me a hand. <laughs> just to reiterate, I have never dated a 16-year-old. Um, no, but like I was just dog tired last week and I just like I didn't have any energy until like a third of the way through the show. And then and then we picked up and it was fine. But uh even Vito called me. He goes, Yeah, you I was a little rough last week. So huh, I dog, am, dog tired, rough. Uh, but then it. yeah, no, you're right though. After the day I worked a ten hour shift today, pretty much the entire time working out in nine, the 90 degree sun on blacktop. So you have a red neck. I am. You do. I'm looking at your neck. Right oh yeah. Now it's, it's, red. It's, it's just, if there's not cancer in there somewhere, oh, I will be shocked. Jesus. <laughs> I'm just saying, cause there was no sunscreen. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to troop through it. And we're going to have a good episode. And unless I bring the whole thing down, you good. Then there's nothing you can do. There, I'll, I'll, I'll just, I'll shut this shit down. <laughs> I'll, I'll shut it down right now. <laughs> oh man! So anyway, what's uh, what's been going on, man? Not a not a whole lot. It's been kind of a bummer week, man. A lot of people died this week. Yeah, like celebrity wise. Yeah, like not necessarily horror related, but they found. Uh, um, oh God! Uh, they uh, found Naya, Naya Rivera. Naya Rivera. I can't yeah. remember her last name. They found That's her awful. body, which we knew about. We pretty much knew that she had she was gone last week, but they yeah. hadn't found her body yet. Yeah. There was uh, who else was it? Um, there's uh, John, oh uh, Kelly Kelly yeah, Preston. I'll talk, away? Yeah, yeah, she passed away. I'll talk to her more about her in the news. But there was like two other people, two other celebrities that passed away. Um, who was it? 
Oh, uh, Grant Imahara. Yeah, Grant Imahara Damn, uh, from Mythbusters. Who Which has... you couldn't mention him in the news, too, because he's been part of yeah. film, like tons and tons sure. of films. If you don't know who he is, though, he was the, um, uh, he was, I don't know what <clears throat> nationality he was, but he was some sort of an Asian na- uh, nationality, I believe. Yeah, but he I, was on Mythbusters. He I was one of the main. He's of Japanese descent. The Japanese. I'm not, I'm not entirely sure. Um, but yeah, he passed away from a. a random brain aneurysm i guess it's yeah. like super sad 49 years old yeah uh man we used to me you and brian used to just watch hours of Mythbusters. well well there was a reason for that we, oh <laughs> <laughs> it was because grant it was because of grant and because of tory <laughs> definitely not carrie byron no um, um <laughs> no but we used to that's that, that's just kind of the thing that we would pop on when mm-hmm. the three of us were oh it's a great show hanging out just drinking some beers we're like let's 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 watch some science, man. I really enjoy watching Adam Savage's One Day Builds. You ever oh, watch yeah. those on, on yeah. YouTube? They're yeah, great. For sure. They're yeah, so he's, fun. He's brilliant, man. Um, I want him to have another show. Um, Grant Imahara is of Japanese-American okay. Okay. descent. Yes. Well, I guess he's of Japanese descent. He's a Japanese-American. Yeah, I just didn't want to yeah. speak out of turn. Yeah, yeah. But, um, but yeah, so it's kind of a bummer week, you know? Lots of, lots of death in the air. Yeah, man. COVID's back on the spike. Oh, Jesus. You know, Michigan spiked a little bit. We're not putting up numbers... Like it was, but we definitely went up probably a good, you know, 10% back up to where we were, you yeah, know? Yeah. Um, hopefully, you know, 4th of July weekend did nobody any favors. Mm. I think everybody kind of knew that, that was going to happen. Um, I and, and we are, our numbers are, I believe, are still going up now, but nothing like it is going on down south right now. Like Florida is a shit show. Yeah, it's exploding right um, now. Yeah. And I got, I got some, some, some good news about. Uh, some Joe Bob Briggs stuff later on, but uh, one of the things that he he had posted online the other day, they're doing like some Florida film festival still. Really? Like, it's still going on, and mm. Joe Bob's doing a spoken word thing in an auditorium. Mm. And it's like, what the fuck are you doing, man? Yeah, that's like, not a great idea. It's, I, well, I even I even I don't usually post things on Twitter, but I, I even posted on his uh, his timeline because you know my voice is gonna mean anything. <laughs> um, but I was like I was like sitting there like pissed off or whatever. I was just like. I was like, I love you, Joe Bob, but this is incredibly stupid. Mm. I'm like, it's, it's like, even if you're keeping I mean, your distance. I mean, technically, asking, it's not that stupid on his part because no, no, he's well, what sitting I, on a panel, but he's still part of the, you know, Well, the what I grand, said, though, is even if you're uh, keeping your distance and it's a no-contact thing for you, asking anybody to gather right now yeah. is extremely irresponsible, yeah. especially in Florida. Yeah. Like their numbers are through the roof. They have more cases than most small countries. To be fair, like, it's crazy. To be fair, even when COVID's not going on, asking people to gather in large groups in Florida <laughs> is always a bad idea. That's, that's true. Because <laughs> uh, they tend to do bath salts and eat each other's faces. Well, I suppose if it's a zombie convention, that's that's okay. <laughs> but um, so I was like, I was like, that's come on, Joe Bob. Like I, come on, <laughs> be better here. Hey, you know what hey, I'm saying? Just, hey. Come on. It's one of those times where you can actually honestly say, if you was even thinking about it, just don't. Just don't. Um, but uh, anyway, though, um, yeah, we'll warn Joe Bob later, but I was a little bit bummed to hear that. It's like, be yeah. a role model. You know, like, come on. Come on, man. Be, don't, be don't, better. Don't ask people to gather right now. It's stupid. I understand everybody wants to get back to work and everything else, but anyway. Um, and, that's, and that's why we're doing our podcast remotely completely remote look I'm, i have i I'm, have a remote in my hand james i'm definitely not within touching distance of you well here's the thing me and you 
me and you did distance for the longest time. We waited until our numbers came Two, back three, down. Four. Yeah. yeah. We waited for our numbers to come back down. And, you know, at this point, I mean, I, th- I think, I, I think that everybody at this point probably has their little bubble that they're kind of letting a certain number, a small number of people in it, into it, you know? Yeah. And you were the first person that I really let into my bubble. I see a couple of our other friends occasionally and that's it. Like, I'm still not really going out and seeing anyone, you know? I appreciate you letting yeah. me into your bubble. Hey, man. It's cozy here. It, right? Yeah. It is. It's nice. It's nice and cool in here, too, because I'm actually just keeping my air conditioning hot all the time now. <laughs> can you not hear? Uh, can we? Oh, uh, we might have to kill it Can later. we hear it? I don't oh, know. Dive. We're fine. Yeah. We're most. Yeah, we're, we're talking most of the time. Um. Anyway, though, but yeah, so it's like we're, you know, what the fuck were we talking about? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I asked you what you were doing this oh. week, and then uh, you just ended up talking about a bunch of people dying. Oh, yeah. Which is... Well, I guess it's kind of fun. My week, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> my week was, uh, yeah, it was boring. Yeah, whatever. Just, just doing my thing. Right on. Watching some Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I watched uh, the third movie three times. No, four, four. three, three four and times. a half, three and a half times. Bizarre. Yeah, I'll, I'll explain why <laughs> later. But like, um, yeah, just been watching a bunch of that or whatever. I uh, been, been been catching up on my my Lucha Underground. Oh yeah, that's. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that, that was a thing that you would need to catch up on. <laughs> what? You watch Lucha Underground? Do you even know what that is? Well, I'm, su- I'm assuming Lucha, like Luchador Wrestling. Like Lucha Libre, yeah. Oh, yeah. So there was a, there, there was a show There was a show that was on I the just, L-Ray I Network. I just didn't know that this was a part of your life. <laughs> oh, oh, well, you know, I'm a big wrestling fan. You know that? I try not to let my nerddom take over. And, you know, whatever. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. But, like, um, <laughs> I don't let my nerddom take over at all. <laughs> Then what the fuck is this wall? Um, this is called woman proofing. Oh, those damn women! <laughs> you, I gotta beat them. It's like it's like it's like mosquitoes. You know, you gotta put the repellent on. Yeah, this, um, this has this has no, a dude, good fifteen dude, foot radius. I'm, I'm gonna be real quick on this, but but Lucha Underground was this Lucha Libre show uh, that was on the El Rey Network, which is that was the network owned by Robert Rodriguez. Okay. Robert Rodriguez, who grew up in Mexico, loves Lucha Libre wrestling. Uh, the big company in Mexico is called AAA. Yeah, and so. Lucha Underground was basically AAA's American show, if you will. Okay. Um, and it was, but they ran it like a TV show. So there were seasons of it. So you'd have like 40 blocks of like 40 weeks. Yeah. And then, no, I think it was less than that. It was like 30 some odd weeks or whatever. And then they would take like, you know, the rest of the year off and then they would come back for a season two and storylines would be wrapped up on like regular wrestling that's on 24 seven, you know, they never, they never take a break. Mm, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's year round. Um, but it was like it's some of the craziest, best shit you'll ever see. It's all crazy Mexican, not all, but like a lot of it's like the crazy Mexican. Oh yeah, lucha, shit. like it's lucha, insane. Lucha wrestling is like, uh, I mean, you know, I wouldn't know probably a lot of the guys that you're talking about, but as far as mm-hmm. in mainstream wrestling, mm-hmm. like Rey Mysterio oh, yeah. and uh, uh, um, what were the what were the names? Like there a, was a tag team. A lucha tag team was Rey Mysterio. Well, there's, part of there's the Lucha Bros who are wrestling right now. They're from no, this there. is older, like back in the '90s. Actually, they were they both came from that Lucha Underground show. But um, um in I, the '90s, I, I, yeah, I oh, can't God. remember who it was, but uh, I mean, there's, there's always there's, did there's, that. There's always, always been did some, that high flying, yeah, like yeah, crazy, yeah. yeah, yeah. There's just there's the, tons of guys, just the like the stunts that they do. It's, like, yeah, that's, well, it's, it's acrobatics. Uh, yeah. It's like I love watching gymnastics <clears throat> at like the Summer Olympics and stuff. Yeah. Wrestling is just gymnastics with fight scenes. That's all it is. And it's fantastic. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but no, there's, there's this dude named Drago, and he's literally a dragon. 
<laughs> like he's got like a big long, like, big huge head thing that he wears, and he's like, it's just he's, it's fucking awesome. <laughs> I think I've seen that guy before. Actually. He's great. Maybe you showed him to me. But uh, anyway, mm-hmm. though, that's just what I've been doing. Cool, just man. Kind of hanging out. Cool. What about you? <sighs> Stacking paper. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like loose leaf. Yeah, literally, <laughs> like literally stacking pieces of paper on top of each other. <laughs> it's just what I, it's my passion. <laughs> Lots of leather, I'm assuming. Uh, yeah, trying. I, I, I get, I get in these, uh, like I've, I've, I've had people asking me to make them things I've never made before. Ooh, like what? Like purses. I've been working on purses, but leather, like leather jimmies. Le- <laughs> leather jimmy hats. Gators bitches better be wearing jimmies. Um, uh, I only say that because it was in the it was in that snake video yeah, we were yeah. watching earlier. Um, this movie's got great gore. We're watching Starship Troopers, by the yep. way. While that we're is, uh, that is the the movie of the night. Yeah. Um, no, but uh, yeah, just like I'm I'm making stuff I've never made before, which is always intimidating to me. So mm-hmm. it will it'll take me like it took me almost two weeks to even cut into this particular piece of leather that I got to make this purse because I was really nervous about I was, it. I was so nervous. I was like like leather's fucking leather is expensive, you know. Sure. Obviously. So I go and I only bought enough leather of this particular leather to buy to make this one purse and I'm like I have to get this perfect otherwise I'm screwed and I got to buy another piece. Yeah. So it's it's intimidating, you know. I mean, have you you ever had something like that? I mean, like you used you used to say like it, there would be times where you know back when you were coming off of straight up pop punk, going into our more oh, intricate yeah. songs that we would write, and you'd be like, I just oh, it's intimidating. Yeah, yeah you don't, like you, don't you go know. you go to write lyrics for this song, and you're like, I'm just gonna put this off for like a month because yeah. I have no idea what I'm I like doing. I did that all the time. I'm pretty sure you guys get all pissed off. At me. <laughs> And um, that's that's kind of what I'm going well, here, through. I so. gave you I gave you a nice new knife of mine to make a sheath for. Mm. <laughs> so I'm very excited to make if, a sheath for that knife. By the way, it's gonna be cool. If anybody has ever been curious, what a one of those gigantic like kitchen <clears throat> cleaver like fancy knives that you can get off Wish for super cheap. <laughs> if you've ever wondered if they're good quality, listen. They ain't bad. <laughs> it's press. It's pressed steel, but it's sharp as shit. I can shave with it. Oh like, yeah, literally. Yeah. The, oh oh he's. That's a bald spot. You actually did shave. I did. It. Oh yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Should you should really give it the test? And shave my balls. Shave your balls. Shave with the it. brains with it. Oh god. <laughs> oh, that'd be so nerve wracking. Now that I'll put off for a couple of months. That one be so nervous. That one you could take them right off. You could take them right off. See, knowing my look though, I would I would like forget that I had to do it. and I'd keep using the knife so it would dull and dull, and then I'd be like, okay, I can do this now, and then forget, and it's like a potato peeler. <laughs> How much was that knife, by the way? Uh, 20 bucks. 20, 20 whole dollars. See, I've got this dream of, you know that, have you ever watched that YouTube for, for channel? Those, for those that don't know what we're talking about real quick, yeah. it's probably about, oh, it's, an, it's, it's, it's an eight inch blade, eight but it's inch, probably yeah. about five inches thick. Yeah. Or, or long, wide, it's I guess. It's shaped like a... Uh, um, a cleaver, sort of. It's more like a... It's a cleaver mixed with a, like a sword. Because it, <laughs> it almost has like a... Uh, uh, like a sheep's foot blade on it, a little bit, um, mildly, but yeah. But it's 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 almost like a it's almost like a I guess it's kind of like a cleaver, mm-hmm. sort of nigiri cleaver hybrid sort yeah. of thing. But it cuts you, it cuts stuff good. Yeah, cuts stuff real good. <laughs> have you ever seen that Amazon Kitchen YouTube? 
No. Where the guy just like goes out and cooks in the middle of the woods over an open fire. Um, I've, I've seen stuff like that before. He yeah. sells though. He has this gigantic knife that he uses, and he sells the mm-hmm. knives, and they're like two hundred bucks. Yeah. And I really want one. But yeah, maybe I'll just maybe wish. I'll just settle for the twenty dollar <laughs> wish knife for now. <laughs> uh, so yeah, <clears throat> not, not that anybody ever wanted to know anything about wish knives, but there you go. Hey man, if you can if you can find and and maybe this maybe this will uh, listen. It's maybe, Wuhan, China's greatest goods. Okay, <laughs> it, it's their greatest goods. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not their it's not their most prolific export. <laughs> if you know what I mean, <laughs> but it is it is their greatest goods. No. Um. Uh, maybe this will change. Like now that you bought the knife, maybe it'll change up the uh, the algorithm that keeps showing you like weird butt plugs and stuff. <laughs> listen, <laughs> listen, man. I don't. They're the weirdest. Anybody who's ever used Wish and then because Wish permeates like everything you do, you'll get ads yeah. on Facebook, oh, and yeah. Instagram, and all that stuff. I think anybody that has ever logged onto Wish even once has seen the fucked up weird shit that oh, they yeah. sell on Wish. Oh, it just crazy pops up into ads yeah. and stuff. Like it's bizarre. The my I think my favorite you've sent me pictures of some really gnarly <laughs> shit, but I think my favorite was the the body bag. Oh which yeah. was <laughs> it was it's essentially just a giant nylon sock that's meant for you and one other person <laughs> to get into at the same time. It's like it's like not even like I can't figure it out. It it's not functional nor is it sexy. Like I don't uh, understand what the point of it is. It's like uh, well because it's it's like thigh high nylons are are sexy or stockings are sexy, right? This is just imagine you and one other person inside of a thigh high stocking. Imagine your whole body <laughs> as the leg. <laughs> it's so stupid. Oh, it's so sexy oh, though. At the same time, crazy. you just cover yourselves in KY and then climb into that sucker. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna. <laughs> I, you know what? I don't even know what I can blame it on. Anyway, um, yeah. Speaking of things that should have never happened. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. Let's get into some corrections from last week. Stupid! You're so stupid! All right. So uh, we actually got some shit wrong last week. Oh, no. I will, I will say that. Actually, and uh, Vito wanted me to correct you on something from a couple of weeks ago, actually. Vito can take a fucking <laughs> Where'd my phone go? trip down south, man. Oh, God, don't set him aside. He might die. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's already in California, so he's pretty much screwed. California. Um, I forgot Amy Smart was in this movie. Is she really? What a babe. Oh, my Look God. Everybody's in this movie. For the record, uh, we've already seen um, a bunch of pair of boobs, uh, some man pipe, and uh, <laughs> some some actual bona fide b-hole. <laughs> yeah, I never, I don't think I ever caught the fact that you actually see that guy's asshole he's in that scene. He right up spreads his cheeks. It's- <laughs> bizarre it's the kind of scene that give, brings mike so much joy because he likes uh male representation i in do nude scenes. i do i appreciate it. let's and, see and, some pipe let's see some listen, b-hole listen i feel like i feel i feel like we've gone a long way in the pipe game but the b-hole game is a whole nother story that might be the first one i've ever seen oh no um what's her name in um no no, no i mean male oh male yes yeah. that might be the first male b-hole i've ever seen um okay anyway um so my <laughs> I get spit take out almost of happened. It almost <laughs> happened. It <clears throat> started to yep. I got some of it in my nose. Mm. <laughs> like that's the first time you've had bee hole in your nose. Um Oh wow. All right. All right. No, he wanted me to correct you. Uh we were watching Phenomena. I had <clears throat> made a mention that the the girl, the mother of the creature, creature baby kid thing, you know. Mm. I had said that that was the 
mother of the creature. The creature. Baby. Oh or, yeah, or yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. Yes, I don't yes, know if it was yes. Mother, but the keeper yes, or whatever. Yes. I said that was that was the the school, uh, the head of the school. Uh huh. And you said that it wasn't. It was. Mike's like it absolutely was. He was trying to tell you that it wasn't, but that was the same woman. What did I say she was? You said that it was a completely different uh, person. No, no. You said she was the head of the school. Yeah, and she was. She was one of the women who worked at the school, but she, was, she wasn't the head of the school. Well, Mike agreed with me. Is all I'm saying. Well, Mike, you have to go back Just and rewatch it because it's not. It's not the. It's not like the head mistress. It's one of the. It's one of the women who works underneath her. You so uh, we're gonna have to do another correction because you're both wrong. Okay, fine. and I and I hate you both. There's nothing. There's nothing that needs to be correcting about a mistress working, working underneath somebody. <laughs> All I'm saying. Okay. So last week we mentioned uh, Rufus Hannah. Rufus Hannah is the bum fights guy. Oh, oh. Okay. So I was curious about this. I was re-listening to the episode and I was curious about if I was right about what I thought that I had read a while ago. Uh-huh. Um. I was half right. So I had said that somebody had come along and basically found him and like given him, you know, a, a fresh start or whatever. Sure. Sort of true. Yeah. He was, um, he was, I guess he was looking, he was like an alcoholic. He had been an alcoholic since he was like 14 years old or whatever. Eventually he was like in the army and then he came home and just ended up being homeless, yeah. alcoholic, whatever. Yeah. And I guess he was like fishing around in a dumpster behind this, this business and the guy, a guy who owned the business came out and started talking to him and ended up giving him a job oh. as a property manager, basically. Really? Um, I don't know if he started, I think he started doing little odd jobs. Sure, here, but sure, he eventually sure. became the property manager for, I don't know if it was an apartment complex or what it was, but, uh, he became that and ended up working full time or whatever and like turned his life around, like, wow. uh, uh, quit drinking. Like he was sober since like 2000 and something or other. Great. Um, he ended up though, after all that, he ended up passing away in 2017, uh, from a car accident. Oh man. Right. I mean, good that he turned his life around. Yeah. Though, right. Yeah, yeah. At least there's a happy ending to, to th- that portion, that of, portion his of his life. Yeah. But, uh, anyway, I thought that was interesting. <clears throat> wow. Um, Let's see here. Uh, we weren't sure if uh, Halloween Kills and Halloween Ends were filmed at the same time. They were. Okay. So both the movies are in the can. Mm-hmm. Um, so who knows? Maybe maybe they could release them back to back. Who knows? Um, and then also, a Wendigo does in fact have that imagery that we weren't sure if it did or not. Of like the uh, the giant, it's got like the elk yep. head or whatever. So the... that is yeah. a Wendigo. Yeah. I had never actually seen... I guess a pick. I always thought because I mentioned last week, I thought the Wendigo was basically like a version of like the Yeti. Because mm. that's kind of what I always thought that it was. Yeah, I was way off. Yeah, uh, way off. So if you were to meet, if you if you had to choose between meeting one of these in the in the woods, would you rather meet a Wendigo or a Yeti? Oh, a Yeti. Yeah, hands down. Yeah, for sure. I feel like a Yeti. I might be able to like you know play dominoes with or you know have a good conversation yeah. with a wendigo wendigo's fucking he's just terrifying. gonna fucking eat your soul that like, is a that is a terrifying looking beast there's something about antlers ooh. to me that are really why would i play dominoes with a yeti <laughs> <laughs> isn't it, it it's the antlers right it's yeah it's the, there's it's something the about, deer head with the antlers and like the something about antlers that are really like or... off-putting when it comes to Oh yeah, that's badass. Oh yeah, that's cool. That's Super more of a badass. minitor, but with like, no, nah, it's a with Wendigo. Like, uh, it's just, it's a huge bitch. Um, <laughs> yeah, do yourself a favor and just like Google search image search Wendigo. There's some sweet imagery. Some really cool stuff. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, you were you were right. So so yes, yeah, you're damn the right last was. winter was to a degree a Wendigo movie. Well, at least, at least that's what they that's what they saw. Whatever it was that they were seeing was yeah. in the form of a Wendigo. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. For sure. That's creepy. Um. Oh God. What is that? I don't know. That's cool. Um. Anyway. So um. <clears throat> the only thing I have is we were talking about the Karate Kid movies mm. and um. I mentioned the Jaden Smith one, Jaden oh, Smith yes. and Jackie Chan, and his final his final fight scene. I mentioned that he started facing away from the guy and kind of used his intuition and reflexes to do a backflip and kick the dude in the face. Mm-hmm. That's partially true. He does like a little spin move to avoid an attack and then does a backflip and kicks him in the face. I showed it to you before we started the show. It's really bad. And it is ridiculous. <laughs> it's really bad. It's terrible. <laughs> the idea that, because he leaves the ground on one foot, the idea that you could do a backflip that high in the air oh, it's, off of one it's, foot and then land on that same foot. You literally see... Ridiculous. You literally see the pivot like where he pivots on the wire work yeah as he's doing it's like it's like he jumps up into the air and then stops moving upward does his spin and then comes back <laughs> it's so bad it's like come on the rest Jack, of them- Jackie Chan was in this movie how how did that get past him and i have to imagine i don't know for sure but i have maybe this will be another correction i have to imagine Jackie Chan probably had a lot to do with the chore- choreography of the fight scenes probably i mean i don't know that for sure but it would make sense. If you have Jackie Chan in a movie, why would you not have him choreograph yeah. the fight? Hey, scenes, Vito. Right? Vito would know. He's a Jackie Chanophile, so he would uh, he would probably know that. Chanophile. Chanophile. Hmm. I mean, it's kind of true. I'm a Chanophile, too, but it's was, uh, Chan- Channing Tatum. Oh. That's the kind of Chanophile I am. I'm, I'm into that. It sounds, mean, sounds magical. I mean, have you ever seen Jupiter Ascending? <laughs> I can't even say that without I love, laughing. I love I love dogs. <laughs> you like dogs? Yeah, I like. <laughs> hey, hey, you like dogs? Um, anyway, yeah, that's all I got. Yeah, that's all I have too. So anyway, this week mm. we are continuing with our retrospective of the uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise. What a bunch of weird movies these were, these were this week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it got got weird. You know what though? I'm having fun. So uh what? huh? What? what? Oh, I thought you were asking me a question. I said, do you know what? I'm I'm having f- oh Mike just caused a disaster in his refrigerator. So I'm gonna try and I'm gonna try and bide my time a little bit more because he has to pick garlic up off the floor. Um so we watched uh Leatherface, Texas Chainsaw Massacre three. Yes. And Texas Chainsaw Massacre the next generation. Otherwise known as the return of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Well, it's not otherwise known of it. It was originally originally known as, as yeah. and then uh, there's actually a laser disc. Got switched there up. is actually a laser disc that was released under that title, and I want it. Is it uh, J- Japanese, in Japan? Yeah, yeah, yeah and it sells for like two hundred bucks. It's fucking expensive. Two hundred dollars. Two hundred dollars for that movie. That's a lot of money. <laughs> All right, so this week, Michael went out and got I'm, us... Here's what I'm finding. I'm finding that it's going to be increasingly difficult to find more beers based around Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Nah, bro, you'll be all right. So, <clears throat> especially being that the one... We had to use two in one week. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, yeah. Oh, Hopefully, these yeah. will be a little better. So, this is from Dogfish Head. Oh, my God. That's like Jupiter Ascending. It's like Jupiter Ascending in Cold Space. 
skin mixed into one. Yeah. It's dog head and fish head. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is from Dogfish Head, and it's called The Perfect Disguise. It's a double IPA, an American double dry hopped IPA disguised as a Kolsch. It's like a man disguised as like a grandma. <laughs> as, a, as a dog. <laughs> Or as a as a grandma, yeah. Um, why the f- as Leatherface was a lot in these movies. Yeah, he was. And, you know, like older older woman in the kitchen. My what computer keeps going into sleep mode, and I'm gonna throw it through a window. Wake it up. Um, so I'm very I'm actually very intrigued by this one because I like I like Kolsch style beers. Mm-hmm. I do. They're just smooth, easy drinking, and I like a smooth, easy drinking beer. But this is a double IPA. Disguised as a cool so it's Ooh. bizarre. Uh, so our double dry hopped American IPA brewed with German chit malt. <laughs> Listen, I've seen a few German chit films before. <laughs> Scheiße. And uh, I don't know if I want it in my beer. Yeah, you do. Ger- <laughs> you do. German me. chit malt loaded with... Tr- <laughs> it's the perfect disguise, James. <laughs> Uh, German chip malt loaded with tropical flavors and a crisp Kolsch-like finish. Mm-hmm. So, uh, oh, I just got my keys. So I got my mm. it smells good. Yeah, Dog, <laughs> Dog, it, Dogfish it, Head it, is... Does it smell like chit? <laughs> Dogfish Head beers are... Um, they're one of those uh, breweries that I feel like you're always going to get really well-crafted beers. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like they're, they're, They are like... <clears throat> There's there's craft beer like mainstream craft beer and then there's like the craftier craft beers and kind of put this in that category. Okay. You know, okay. not overly pretentious, but it's way more so than like a Bell's or a, you know, this ain't no fucking Oberon. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Which we drank quite a few of the other night. We did. Oh, that's delicious. That is really. Good. That is really good. What uh, percentage is this? Let's say on here. She's an eight percenter. Eight percenter. Yeah. All right. So well, uh, drink up. Drink up. Hey, I don't have to work until like ten tomorrow. So whatever. I have to go to a birthday party for a one year old. Oh, he's in this too. Who? The fucking uh, brother in law from Breaking Bad. Who? I can never remember his name. Dean. Uh, Dean something. Casper Van. No, Dean? not can't. No. <laughs> no, Dean. Dean something. He's from. Uh, he plays the uh, the cop in Breaking Bad. Uh, oh, this is like he's like Casper Van Diem's getting whipped like crazy. I never realized how much he's like Jesus. Oh God! <laughs> no, it's like it's like the it's the exact like uh, Pontius Pilate scene. Huh? When he's getting the lashings, the forty lashings. Come on, James. I'm not even religious, and I know this stuff. Pontius Pilate from what movie? It's from the Bible. Well, from the. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Well, you said scene. You're like from the exact Pontius Pilate scene. Ten Commandments, like it, or, or not, not, not Ten Commandments. Um, uh, you Jesus, talk, Jesus Christ Superstar is what I'm thinking of. Oh, yeah, I haven't. Yeah. Oddly enough, for, for the for the hardline agnostic that I am, Jesus Christ Superstar, one of my favorite musicals. It's fantastic. The music is just incredible in it. We were supposed to we were supposed to go see the one with uh, what's his face, um, Brandon Jesus Brandon Boyd. Oh, that whole thing got canceled. Though, Brandon yeah. Boyd and uh, Johnny Rotten. Yep. 
Yeah, and it, it got canceled. Yeah, never. Why'd never get canceled. I don't know. Because that was going to be super awesome. That would have been sweet. I was, I was so excited to see that. Mm-hmm. I agree. Canceled. Um, the hell are we talking about? I don't though? know. This beer doesn't really matter. Nice. This yeah. beer is very good. Uh, and that's what we're drinking. That's what we're talking about. So let's get into the bleed feed. The bleed feed. James. Yes, Michael. Got some, got some stuff this week. Actually, not a whole lot. There's very little news, actually. Oh, good. I'll take up most of it with fucking you Blu-rays, because there's 150 of them. Oh, hey, it's backwards this week. Uh, first off, though, rest in peace. We mentioned this uh, at the top of the hour. Uh, Kelly Preston passed away. Yeah. Uh, Kelly Preston, who they kept this really, really quiet. I'm not sure that many people even knew that she uh, was battling cancer. Yeah, it seemed uh, like a total she, surprise to everyone. She passed away this year, or uh, uh, this this week, uh, at the age of 57. Uh, she uh, was battling breast cancer for the last two years, and she yeah. uh, unfortunately succumbed to that. Uh, she is the wife of John Travolta. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, she, um, for horror fans, you would know her, I mean, you'd know from, from a lot of stuff, but most notably you would know her from John Carpenter's Christine. Mm. Um, twins that's not horror <laughs> but it's a great movie uh, from Dust Till Dawn uh, Jerry Maguire Jerry Maguire which uh, I, I, I put on the list because it has ties to Texas Chainsaw um, in Renee Zellweger mm-hmm. uh, Sam Raimi's For the Love oh, of the Game also because Jerry Maguire is a great movie well that too uh, also so she was a total babe in that movie well, yeah she, she was a babe she was a babe, babe up until general. yeah up until the end <laughs> Uh, Sam Raimi's For the Love of the Game, uh, the Kevin Costner baseball oh, movie. She yeah, was in yeah. that. Uh, she was in uh, Sky High with Mr. Bruce Campbell. Oh. hey Hey. Uh, James Wan's Death Sentence, movie we did on the show. Oh, yeah. I forgot yep, She was in that. that. And, and the creme de la creme. Hmm. <laughs> Stupid humans. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Battlefield Lord. Earth, baby. Um, <laughs> Stupid humans. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've still never actually seen that movie. I own it. Oh, I own it. it. And I bought it so that we could do it for a bad brew. It is. And it'll it happen one of these days. It is absolute shite. Um, anyway, though, uh, so yeah, un- like I said, unfortunately, though, she did lose her, her uh, battle with uh, breast cancer. So yeah, rest in sad. peace, uh, Callie Preston. Rest in peace. Um, okay, let's see here. We got a teaser trailer for the Child's Play TV series. Oh. If you didn't see it, you didn't really miss anything. It's just kind of like a, it's a, um... It's a shot of like a toy store, basically, and it's kind of going down the aisles and showing different toys, and then you just see Chucky's silhouette at the end. That's all. That's really all it is. Right. Um, but we did get a um, a logo for the for the, the new show that is called Chucky. Yeah. And fair. What we found out is uh, it's not only going to be airing on Sci-Fi; it will also be airing on the USA Network. So I don't know how they're going to do this if they're just going to be congruently showing them on both networks. I. Maybe because different cable for different areas, and I don't know. So it seems weird I, to me. I haven't had cable in a long time. I, honest to God, thought that the USA Network folded years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea that that was even still a thing. Nope. No. <laughs> nope, it's still around. Well, it's, that's cool. Good for them. I only know that because wrestling's on it. Oh, wrestling. Or once a week, so... Um, anyway, though, so that's pretty fun. Still no uh, dates yet, but 2021 is when it will be coming. Right on. So, uh, which at this point, that's only like five months away. So, hey, uh, let's see here. Shark Week, the week of August 9th. The week of the shark. The week of the shark. Um, 
It's going to be interesting this year. Oh. There's a battle. Uh-oh. There's a battle between Jaws and uh, Mr. Iron Mike Tyson. Uh, <laughs> what? It is being billed as Tyson versus Jaws. Uh, and you have Mike Tyson in the little uh, commercial for it, working out on a beach or whatever, and then you see him walking away from the camera with like flip uh, flippers on, carrying a snorkel and stuff. It's really bizarre. I I don't know. It's Shark Week, and I love Shark Week, and this was just fun to me. Um, I think it's just going to be like him testing his strength up against like the bite force of a shark and see who would win. Obviously, he's not going to be punching a shark. Or is it just going to be... <laughs> I would hope, which would be funny. I would but, actually uh, be more okay with them dropping him into a shark tank and just seeing who wins. <laughs> I'd be or, way okay with that. Or would it? Or, or is it actually just going to be like, you know, him doing shark dives and stuff? But they're featuring Mike Tyson going on all these like shark adventures, and that's their that's I mean, their kitschy little. I suppose that's possible, but probably not. Yeah, probably not. Um, is it or is it going to be like when they did the thing like Michael Phelps versus? That's exactly what it is. Like, the shark like or whatever. How fast can he swim yeah. versus that? And then then they'll put the data head to head and see who would win. That's probably like what's how strong be. is Mike Tyson versus exactly how strong is a shark? Exactly. <clears throat> Which that might actually be pretty interesting because Mike Tyson, he's uh he's pretty a beast. <laughs> he is a beast. <laughs> so, um, okay, James, yes. we're already at blues. Oh Lord. Hold on to your butts, because um, <clears throat> there's many, many. All right, coming... Many, many butts? Many, many butts. Uh, coming September 29th is the Blumhouse of Horrors. I'm sure you can figure out who that's coming from. The Blumhouse of Horrors... Lionsgate. Uh, <laughs> yes, Lionsgate. <laughs> Blumhouse, <laughs> Blumhouse of Horrors... One more time. Uh, ...collection will include The Purge, Ouija... I'm gonna say Ouija because Ouija. Uh, because Dave Z um, from <laughs> from um, exploding, heads. exploding heads specifically put out a thing today on his Facebook that was reminding everybody that it's pronounced Ouija. Uh, the boy next door unfriended. It's an Ouija board. Ouija, Ouija. <laughs> you boys in your Ouija board. <laughs> uh, unfriended the visit split get out happy death day truth or dare and ma. Ma! <laughs> I showed my daughter that that video of the. Well, actually, my wife showed my daughter. We were watching videos of goats, <laughs> and have you ever seen the one where it's chained up by a river and it's just yelling "ma"? This is why I. Ma! This is why I can't get James to do anything during the day because he's watching videos of goats. I watch videos of goats all yeah. day. <laughs> yeah, there was there was several hours worth of goat videos this week. So it's okay. I watch videos of kids getting hurt. So. <laughs> Fucking monster. Speaking of monsters, Little Monsters. Uh, last week we mentioned the Blu-ray release of Little Monsters and David Cronenberg's Shivers, mm. which will both be part of the Vestron Video Collectors series. This week we have an update with the features that will be included. Little, Mo Little Monsters will include audio commentary with Jarrett Gahan, editor-in-chief at cultofmonster.com, uh, isolated score selections and audio interview with composer David Newman. Call Him Maurice, an interview with actor Howie Mandel. Uh, Beneath the Bed, an interview with producer Andrew Licht. Pro uh, Monsters Ew. Big and Small. <laughs> Monsters Big and Small, an interview with special makeup effects creator Robert Short. Vintage interviews with actors Fred Savage, brother Ben Savage, and special effects makeup creator Robert Short and director Richard Allen Greenberg, as well as all the old there's, features. Um, 
a lot of features on yeah. both of these releases, which at the $15 price tag is crazy. Yeah. I kind of figured that they were going to maybe not put as much effort behind them because because like we were talking about either uh, last week or two weeks ago, whatever it was, mm-hmm. these original Vestron uh, releases were oh, yeah. stupid Vestron, expensive. They were like 45 bucks. And they and a lot of times they didn't even have a ton of new features. Some no. did. Some did. Yeah. But like like my uh, Maximum Overdrive, for example, has a shit ton on it. It's a mm-hmm. fantastic release. There was others though that, that really didn't, and they still fetched those prices. Yeah. So I'm kind of shocked, and maybe since they're relaunching it, maybe their new model is to maybe cheaper Make price it more point, affordable, and more sell affordable, more sell than, more. Yeah. Maybe that's kind of their new model. Yeah. I hope to God that it is, and I hope they sell because like shivers I would get. I, I've never seen Little Monsters, so I don't really Dude. have a reason to for pick the, that up. But. No, 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 you do. You do for the and first of all, I'm appalled that you've never seen oh, this. Movie. I got a birthday coming up, James. Uh, yeah. I bought you a death whistle <laughs> for the first for for the for the fifteen dollar price. You should pick up Little Monsters. I guarantee well, you will love it. I just dropped a hundred and seventy dollars on something else, so I think that my spending is. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll get to that. Is that your last piece of news? Uh, I have one more. Or is that part of my uh, news? I, I have okay. One more. All right, and then with Shivers, you will get audio commentary with writer-director David Cronenberg and co-producer Don Carmody. Uh, Mind Over Matter, an interview with writer-director David Cronenberg. Goodnight Nurse, an interview with actress Lynn Lowry. Outside and Within, an interview with special special makeup effects creator Joe Blasco. Joey Blasco! And Celebrating Cinepix, an interview with Greg Dunning. Uh, those releases will both be available on September 15th. Uh, we have gotten an official confirmation from Warner Brohim's Home Entertainment that Beetlejuice will be hitting 4K Ultra HD later this year, September 1st to be exact. This is, this is that set we were talking about a couple of weeks ago with the the cool uh, handbook for the recently deceased yeah. uh, box set. Yes, yes. Uh, all of you fine people will be able to pick it up on standard 4K Blu-ray digital or a deluxe edition gift set, which will include a four-inch embroidered glow-in-the-dark patch of Beetlejuice's gravestone. Uh, insert of instructions for life-after-death emergencies with three pieces of collectible chalk. I mean, that chalk's important, man. <laughs> so ridiculous, <laughs> dude. Oh, man. Three pieces of collectible chalk. <laughs> The Beetlegeist flyer featured in the film. Here's the worst part about it. If this thing if this thing went like out of print, and I guarantee you you're gonna see like a piece of chalk on eBay <laughs> for like twenty five dollars for like twenty five, thirty dollars. Yeah. I guarantee you. And some schmuck will buy it. And you could literally just go buy a piece of chalk and sell oh, d- this isn't Beetlejuice chalk though. Come on. I'm gonna start hawking There's Providence. I'm here. gonna start hawking <laughs> chalk on on eBay. That's, that sounds like a code word for selling drugs on eBay. It does. It sounds like you're selling cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! What if Just, you made? What if you put cocaine in chalk and made actual chalk sticks out of it? Or like molded it into like little. <laughs> Who would know? <laughs> oh boy! All right, <laughs> and uh, all items are housed in a special edition gift box made to look like the handbook for the recently deceased. Very cool. Um, uh, Scream Factory have announced Pumpkinhead and Motel Hell, uh, which are both getting the new, both getting new Blu-ray releases with new art and 4K scans. Motel Hell will hit shelves on October 13th, and Pumpkinhead will arrive on October 20th. 
Scream Factory says, we are preparing a new 4K scan of the film from the original negative. All bonus features from the prior Blu-ray release will be ported over as well. Uh, 5,000 units of each are being produced in total and will feature new artwork by Devin Whitehead. And uh, what's, what's a better way to show brand new Devin Whitehead artwork than on the front and the back? Of stunning steelbook packaging. Oh, what a what a disrespectful move! <laughs> what a disrespectful move! Oh boy! Uh, <laughs> hey, the, I made you a convert a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, steelbooks suck. Balls, Terrible. awful. I don't ever want one. I actually think I have a couple, but I don't. I don't want any more. Uh, the nineteen. Some people love them. They're highly collectible. That's why they make them. Those people are dumb. Uh, the 1984 horror doc Terror in the Isles, which was included as a bonus feature on Scream Factory's Halloween 2 Blu-ray, is now getting a standalone release, which will be available on October 13th. Terror in the Isles, according to uh, according to Scream Factory, is a roller coaster ride through the most terrifying moments from over 70 of Hollywood's greatest chillers. Donald Pleasance uh, and Nancy Allen are the hosts of this blood-curdling journey through a collection of horror classics like Psycho, Jaws, Poltergeist, Alien, The Bride of Frankenstein, The Exorcist, and The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It also features many thrillers released on Blu-ray recently under the Scream Factory brand, including The Fog, The Thing, The Omen, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, The Howling, uh, Cat People, Carrie, Bug, Vice Squad, and The Seduction. Extras are still in progress and will be announced. At a later date. And I know last, literally nothing about that. Last, doc. but certainly not least, also from Scream Factory, they have officially announced the release of a 16-disc Friday the 13th complete collection Blu-ray set, which will arrive on October 13th. Did you get your pre-order in, Michael? It's beautiful. Did you get your pre-order? Oh, yeah. In? Did well, you? Of course I did. Did you get it? I got it. Did you get it? I was mad. So what happened was uh, when they first put these up, there was going to be two pre-sales. You had the Amazon pre-sale um, or retail pre-sale, basically, um, and retail then you had and then you had the uh, Scream Factory website pre-sale, which came with the two lithographs or whatever and all yeah. that. Well, the thing is, this they sell out really, really quickly. So I didn't want to wait, even though I knew that the the box set only version would be a little bit cheaper, which it was. Sure, I didn't want to take my chances, and I went on to go pre-order it. And by the time I had, there was a whole issue with my fucking credit card because fucking Capital One, long story short, I went to go make a payment like two weeks ago, two and a half weeks ago at this point, and the app fucked up, and so it was just in pending limbo for two weeks, mm -hmm. which made my credit card payment late, mm -hmm. and apparently even with, with Capital One, even if you're only one day late, they completely deactivate your card. Yeah, and it's like I literally, I literally had like twenty five dollars on that card. Like I finally just paid and the it whole was, card off, and it was their mess up, right? Yeah, it was their fuck so up. So they deactivated your credit yeah. card, even though they messed up because well, their, their app, app crashed. Did. Their app, yeah, something yeah. happened with the app, so it wasn't my fault. Like I, I paid it on time, but it just it didn't process. So I went to go pre order the fucking box set, and the credit card declined. I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck? Oh, I was so mad. So I had to go. So because of that, though, I couldn't get it, and it sold out. Ah, the, the the run on on their website sold out. Thing was though, is their servers crashed because so many people went on to pre order it. Because of that, 
they decided to add like seven thousand more units. What to was it. the in, what was the initial run? Ten thousand. Well, they were doing thirteen thousand total. Oh, okay. But I want to say that only three thousand of them were with the lithographs. Oh, okay. I think. So I I don't know if they're if they if they upped the thirteen thousand to. 20,000 because I'm pretty sure 7,000 is what I heard that they added. Okay. So I don't know if, they, if it's the overall number that's up more or if they just added more website. Um, yeah. I, that I don't know. Uh, but they but they put it back up and I was able to get mine. So I am beyond excited. It'll look very good next to my Scream Factory Halloween set. Yes. And then all we need is a Nightmare set. Yes. And then a Chucky set. Yes. And then a Scream. Oh my God. If Scream Factory did an actual Scream set. I would be in heaven. It'll never happen. <laughs> the rights are too fucked up with it. But, oh, that'd be amazing. It's going to look nice, though. It's going to look real nice. Oh, nice. Real nice. All right. Anyway. Well, if I may. Yeah. Uh, the collaboration with Paramount Studios and New Line Cinema will be housed in a collectible, rigid slipcover case and will feature hours of new and existing special features. Scream Factory explains each film... Inside the slipcover packaging will receive a dedicated Blu-ray case featuring original theatrical artwork. That's the way to do it, right? Each film in its own case. Yes. Uh, similar to how we presented Halloween, The Omen, The Fly, and Critters box sets, some films in the set will have reversible sleeves with alternative cover art, giving you the option to swap them around. The 16-disc set has too many extras to even mention. Yeah right here right and now and they're not even because done because it's fucking like they literally if you oh, go yeah. on bloody disgusting they outline every single disc in the 16 de- disc series and every single sp- special yeah. feature so what, one thing that just i will go say check it out. what i will say is they're adding a lot of the so on before the uh, movie crypt podcast came into existence adam green and joe lynch did a fan commentary for friday part four mm. and it was it was included on those initial runs of mm-hmm. like uncut versions that they put out mm-hmm. and um since then they've done commentaries for almost all the movies and i want to say like there's four or five maybe it's four mm-hmm. that are on the new set of new fan commentaries oh, really? by Green and Lynch, yeah. Cool. So I don't think they're any, they're not any, anything necessarily new if you've listened to these uh, through them before, but I think most people probably haven't. So uh, I'm very excited for that. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, and there's yeah, there's a ton more, and they're not done releasing new features. So yeah, yeah, a lot more to come. Yeah, out. it's gonna be awesome. Uh, that's it for blues. What else you got? Okay, I mentioned Joe Bob Joe Bob Briggs. Joe, Joe Bob Briggs. Joe Bob Briggs. Uh, Joe Bob Briggs earlier. Uh, this is exciting. Uh, he has taken to social media to confirm that not only did Shutter greenlight a season three of The Last Drive-In, nice. but we are also getting for my birthday. Like they gave it, this is my birthday gift from Shutter. They're finally listening to our show. And know that oh, we promote course. them all the time. Oh yes, <laughs> but we are getting. You're welcome. We are getting a drive-in special in August, uh, which will be a doubleheader with a special guest, Mister Adam Green. Oh, come on! This is like a wet dream. It's yeah. a wet green. So, <laughs> God, <laughs> no, <laughs> sounded gross. Yeah, yeah. Wet dream. <laughs> Green cream. It's um, green cream. Yeah. Ew. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> uh, my guess is they're going to probably show Hatchet. Maybe. Or Frozen. Frozen. What's on Shutter? 
What's on Shutter? I think Frozen. Frozen's on Frozen's Shutter. Shutter. So they might do Shutter. Or they might do uh, Frozen then. Yeah. But uh, anyway, though, I don't care. I'm excited for yeah, it. Uh, cool. It's Joe Bob, and Adam Green. Like he's gonna be in guys studio with yep. them. Nice. They, they apparently they filmed it already. They filmed it like, oh. pre-COVID. Cool. Um, to get ready for these little doubleheader specials that they're doing. So hmm. uh, I'm pretty cool. excited about it. So yeah, cool. That's well, it. Uh, that's it for the news. So let's uh, let's take a quick break. Yeah. And uh, when we come back, we're just gonna. We're going to take a trip to Texas. Back to Texas. Back to Texas. Or, hey, if the chainsaws don't kill you, the COVID will. <laughs> Too soon? <laughs> Throughout this, you'll see faces ripped apart with hooks, a man slashing himself into a bloody pulp, and graphic, macabre, torturous images that defy description. It shouldn't have to be said. But say it anyway. But we're kidding about dying of COVID. We're not trying to make light of it. Oh, I was. Okay. Just I'm just saying. <laughs> no, man. So I, I had a guy. Hey, I, we got to be able to laugh about you, you have to. things going on in the world. Otherwise, we'll all go fucking insane. Exactly. I did, side story, because that's what we're good at. I did <laughs> want to punch a guy in the throat today. I was at work, and our, These are my favorite stories. our elevator company came to... Uh, oh, am I leaking again? <laughs> I'm leaking out the sides, aren't I? God, just can't keep it contained. You're driving my uh, my like my weirdo. I'm wearing I'm wearing a sweet do rag because my hair is still COVID long, <laughs> and my hair is like literally leaking out of the front of it, and it's driving James oh, crazy. God. Um, no, okay, so uh, this guy shows up today, or whatever, just to service our elevator shaft, right? <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. Um, I'm sorry, I'm 12. <laughs> it's just like a, it's, a, it's just a standard yearly. You know, they come and inspect it, make sure everything's working properly, make sure the plumbing's good. <laughs> it's too easy. Anyway, he comes he comes out of his car or whatever. I have I'm outside working, but when I see him approaching me, I take my mask out of my pocket and I put it on because sure. I'm going to be in his bubble. He's not wearing one. And he comes and and so I know that we are supposed to like legally refuse service. Thing is, there was nobody in the building. Like literally he was going to be the only person in the building, so I figure I'm not going to... If there's people working down there, I would have said something, but he's by himself. Yeah. So I let it slide, but then I go down there to get him all set up. And he looks at me, he goes, oh, yeah, I, I have my mask in my car, but I just I wear it as little as little as possible. Well, I don't, I'm not worried about it. Blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> it's like, you stupid motherfucker. <laughs> you don't seem to understand how the masks work. Hey, guy. <laughs> you wear it. For the fuckers around you, <laughs> so that you don't get them sick. Because if you're not wearing it, chances are your probability of picking it up is way better. Yeah, you dumb fuck. Mm-hmm. It's not difficult. And then I had to explain to him. I said, and I and I said, I looked at him. I said, "Why well, wear mine? If I'm around people, I wear it literally 100 percent of the time." Yeah. And he gives me this look, and I said, "I know two people that had it. Both of them died." Oh. So. Not fucking with it. Yeah. And like you could see his demeanor change. And then the next time I saw him, he brought it right back up. <laughs> and he's like, so, but he brought it up and he's like, well, 
were they were they old? Do they have pre-existing conditions? And my first thought was, it doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. You you moron. One of them was elderly. The other person wasn't that old. <clears throat> yeah. Early sixties. Right. Otherwise healthy. Right. Like it, it it was like he was trying to find an excuse as to why well they died because of the, fuck you dude yeah oh I can't I just I can't stand the stupidity of some people I was actually if we like if we, sorry sorry I didn't, if we didn't mean to, since we're off on this side note um ugh. we were watching the news earlier today and and just some something popped up and I was like I wonder how many people won't wear them because it's mandated. Well, there are yeah. Well, some some because there was some. I can't remember where he was from. Maybe Georgia or something like that. And 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 it was the uh, the governor, and he said I I haven't done a mandate because people will specifically not wear one because you tell them they have to. Well, so so he said I didn't I didn't make it a mandate a mandate. I just said I got on TV and said do your part to to make this last. A shorter time. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to mandate it, but do your part. And people are wearing their masks. And 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 I'm like, I wonder how many fuck like because. Well, big- I see people. I see it like Facebook is about to fucking go for me because I see people every day who just like. Bleep, 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 bleep. I'm like, it's not. It's not that big of a deal. No, it's not. Just wear a fucking mask. It's not that big of a deal. Like I don't. I don't like. I don't. There are I, people that are not doing it on principle. Yeah, and, and it's because it's because the idea, just general public health, it's because has become politicized. It's 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 is the problem. It's once you it's once you tell somebody that they have to do something, that's when they start rebelling. And, so it's like so don't make it mandatory. Just say okay, well it's not mandatory, but we would really appreciate it if you did. Mm-hmm. I guarantee more people would do it. Well, then you got then you got people like Big Gretch. She's actually uh, she's actually made it state mandatory. Like you have to wear one if you're out in public at all. That's and what you, I'm, and you can get fines for it. And that's they're what giving I'm, them. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Don't do that. Well, because to 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 many people that appears like a uh, that appears authoritarian. What do you? I agree, but why is he? Why does he have a lime green see-through violin? Um, because he's Jake Busey and he's hey, amazing. Bro. God, we're jumping all over. Awesome. Anyway, though, let's, if let's it, get off that topic. Though. Well, no, no, hold on. Let me finish. Oh, if it, I thought you were done. Uh, I don't even remember what I just said. But no, it's if you if if you it, like you just said she made it mandatory to wear. I guarantee more people will not wear them just because she says. You have to, yeah, because that because saying you have to do something appears authoritarian. Well, luckily, so it's in like this... so it's like well, I'm not gonna fucking do that. I got a right to not wear one. Whereas if you just said, okay, it's not mandatory, but we would really appreciate if you, Ha-ha-yo. if <laughs> we we would really appreciate if you did. Yeah, I guarantee more people well, would. Luckily, in our state, it still does seem like the majority of people are still wearing it. Um, for the most part, actually, Michigan was really good about it. Yeah, when it, I go to the store the part, and stuff, yeah. pretty much everybody's wearing a mask. Even even <clears> most <throat> people that are begrudgingly wearing it, it sure. seems like most of them are. I mean, you're always going to get your people like well, the guy fucking, today that aren't. It's but. fucking a hundred degrees out. I don't want to wear a mask. No, but I do. You don't have to because I'm the a because I'm a dude. But that's the thing, though. You don't I'm have to wear it when you're outside. Well, no, not outside. But I don't wear mine outside. Some people think that you have to because they're convinced that it's airborne. It's like it's not fucking it's airborne. Not airborne. If you're if you're within people's space or whatever, maybe. But <laughs> when like, I see people driving in their car uh, by themselves and they're wearing the mask, I'm like, 
What you doing, bro? <laughs> you protecting yourself from yourself? <laughs> what are you doing? Hey, man. Uh, anyway, let's talk about yeah. some movies. Yeah, and- yeah. Okay, so we are uh, we are back on our uh, Texas Chainsaw shit, uh, and we're on three and four this week. The last two movies of the original run. Yeah. The original uh, franchise uh, series, Tuck. which is really a bizarre way of looking at it because outside of the first two movies being somewhat of a direct continuation, mm-hmm. the next two movies are, I don't, they're, they're really, really bizarre as to how they fit in the timeline because they really don't. And according to, because I watched the, uh, at least for three, I watched the comic. Actually, no, I know I know this about both of them. In three, it was like Leatherface was in an adopted family somehow, and like that's how they spin it. But even the director doesn't really. The writer and the director they didn't even really understand why he was there. Yeah. It was like just they basically said that it was just an implied thing, but there's no backstory and they couldn't really explain it either. It's just the story they went with. It don't make sense, boys. It does not make sense. And then you have <laughs> Next Generation, which is sort of kind of supposed to follow the first movie, yet they reference the other two movies in the intro and it's it's And it, the interesting thing is not really, to really not bizarre. to get too far ahead of myself here, but I if I don't, I won't remember yep. to say this later, but Kim Henkel who is the original writer from the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, yep. who also directed uh, did, Next uh, Generation. Next Generation. He considers that movie the true sequel to the original. But that doesn't make sense because they actually reference two and three in the opening crawl of Next Generation. Do they? Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll show you in a minute. We're, okay. we're, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah, 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 yeah. So Texas Chainsaw 3, which came out in 1990. Uh, this is directed by Jeff Burr. Jeff Burr uh, has some horror cred to his name. He did Pumpkinhead 2, Blood Wings, which I love that movie. Nice. Uh, he did Puppet Master 4 and 5, uh, and Night of the Scarecrow, amongst a whole bunch of others that are outside of the horror genre. But yeah, he's been uh, he's he's been a busy guy. He's done some shit. Uh, let's see here. Uh, a California couple and a survivalist encounter Leatherface and his family. Pretty straightforward. Pretty straightforward. Yeah. Um, this movie, in fact, is pretty straightforward. It's it's pretty much a straight narrative through. There's not a whole lot of divergences in the story at all. Yeah. There's not a whole lot of sub stories. It just kind of is what it is, um, which is fine. <clears throat> um, yeah, this this movie is about Ryan and Michelle. They are traveling across country from uh, from L.A. to Florida. Mm-hmm. And uh, they are cutting through Texas, and while they're going through, they stop to get gas in like the, the last gas station before the long stretch of highway through Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they meet Vigo Mortensen's character. <laughs> oh, good old Vigo, playing a guy named Tex. Uh, Tex uh, basically saves them from this encounter with the owner of the gas station, uh, who I think is part of the family. Oh, yeah. He was okay. Yeah. You come to find out, Tex also is a part of the family. Mm-hmm. He's like he's like the uh, the face of the family. Like he's the one that can go out in public and not get like a second eye batted at him. You know, like he he fits in with regular people. Yeah, for the most part. For the most part. Um, and so he kind of like Vigo's character saves them, quote unquote, from the uh, the gas station attendant uh, and comes off looking like a hero. 
And then you come to find out later that it was all a big setup. They stopped them on the road. Leatherface comes and it uh, attacks them and stuff. It's 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 cool. Um, um, it, it it was uh, so Tom Everett was the uh, the gas station attendant. One of the weirdest characters. Yeah, because I got the I got the I got the sense that he was supposed to kind of um. He was supposed to kind of give off the vibe of the hitchhiker in the first movie. Yes. The way he's always like talking to himself and kind of like narrating things that were going on. Yes. But he was the, he was the most bizarre character. Like just some of the shit that he would say and some of the things that he was doing like uh just in in the moment, like it, I just so f- over the top. Well, Ridiculous. sure, he's, he's crazy. He's like the first time that you meet him sitting outside the gas station. He's he's got like a porno magazine in his hand, and he's taking a pair of scissors and he's just cutting the women. Like, and that that right there tells you everything that you need to know about how he feels about like women, basically. Yeah. And then the uh, you have Michelle. She goes into the bathroom, and he goes inside, and there's a peephole underneath like the nudie thing on the wall, and he's looking at her in the bathroom, and you know he's he's a fucking creep. He's a weird, sexually depressed creep. They almost do a, uh, they do the exact same shot that they do in uh, Psycho. Oh, when, a little bit, yeah. When Norman Bates pull like pulls the uh, the painting aside, and they do that side shot of him, like the profile shot of him peeking his eye up to the to yeah, the it's very. Sim- I would that wouldn't shock me if if that was an influence on yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um. Um. So yeah, they they Vigo Mortensen's character. Uh, it, it's kind of like they have this whole thing choreographed where this guy's going to start acting psycho and Vigo Morton's character is going to say, oh, you need to go down this way, get away as fast as you can. And so they end up going this little side route, yep. which is supposed to take them where they're going faster, but it ends up just leading to the Sawyer house, basically. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, so they, they get scared off down this road and then they... What do they? They don't. They don't hit the armadillo. The armadillo happens in the beginning. That's in the beginning. Yeah. What do they? What do they hit though? What stops them on the road at night? They blow a tire. Uh, yeah, they blow they, a tire. They blow, yeah. yeah. So they blow a tire. They get back onto the road, and then. Oh well, they're chased by. They're chased by that truck. Yeah. Which they don't know it, but it's. Uh, it's Tex. It's Tex yeah. in the truck, and he kind of pushes them off the road. They blow a tire. And then nothing's really happening. They're trying to change the tire. I do kind of like the like that the callback to the original Texas cha- Chainsaw Massacre in that they hear this squeaking off in the distance. Mm-hmm. And they're like, "What the hell is it? Like, is it an animal? Is it another car? They don't know what's going on." And in every single Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie, I love the fact that the first time. Well, I guess actually, aside from. The original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. The first time you see Leatherface in the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, it's when he pops up and hits uh, hits the dude in the head with the hammer. Yep. But every other movie after that, the first time you see Leatherface is it's very quiet, and then all of a sudden you just go, you just hear ring, and he yep. just runs out of nowhere. And in this movie, they hear this squeaking sound. They can't figure out what it is. And then she hears, and it turns out it's uh, the the squeaking uh, sound you heard was Leatherface's brace on his leg, which is a callback to the original because he fell and cut into his leg with the chainsaw. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. So his his legs all even, fucked up. So he's so, wearing the the metal brace on his leg to help him walk. Yeah. Okay. So <clears throat> so then Leatherface. Yeah. So this is this is where the, the story gets weird. They 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 eventually kidnap the people, you know, steal the people or whatever. They mm-hmm. bring them back to the Sawyer house. That's where the majority of the second half of the movie takes place. Oh, it's not until after they've met uh, Ken Forey's Forey's uh, oh, shit, character right. I'm though. Way off here. Um. They have. Can, uh, can anybody ever follow us when we're talking? About no, movies? no. I mean, that's that's why it's best if you've seen the movies yeah. before. So, so they they lose their t- or they uh they 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 have a blowout. <clears throat> they they have a blowout. They change their tire. She takes off, and he says he uh the the dude says I need to tighten down yeah. the lug nuts. We need to, and then they actually end up in a situation where they uh, who pops out in front of them. I think Tex pops out in front of him in the road. Yes. And and they almost get in a head-on collision with um Ken Foray's character, Benny, ben. who's just like this survivalist. He's like and a, he actually he's basically like with, a doomsday prepper type yeah, guy. Yeah, he has nothing to do with anything. He's legitimately just a civilian. No, just just I, hanging out for the just entire driving movie, down the road. I hadn't seen this movie in years. I had watched it ten, probably ten years ago. And I, I'm watching this, not remembering his character, and I'm thinking, like, how does he fit into this here? Yeah. And you come to realize by the end of it, he he doesn't he doesn't he's kind of just a bystander and gets kind of sucked into just sort of this r- other story that's already in motion. Wrong place, wrong time, kind of guy. So they had on they have had on collision. The uh, Michelle they, and yeah, Ryan they, go off down like a ditch, sort of or whatever. Benny flips his car, um, and like you said, he turns out he's like a survivalist. Yeah, and he's coming from. A place where oh, he's headed compound. to the he's headed to the compound he yeah. spends every weekend at. So he goes and he helps them. He's got first aid going and stuff. He's trying to trying to doesn't, help them. Doesn't out. believe them that there's somebody after them. Right, but then he realizes, and there's that weird, there's the weird side story too of the, uh, the girl. Who the we'll hell? get there. We'll get there. Okay. We'll get there. All right. All right. Because we'll he encounters her in the woods at one point in time. Yeah. We'll 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 get there. That's not okay. confusing. Yeah. 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 Uh, go ahead. Uh, yeah. So they so they get uh, they they hook up with Benny. Basically, Benny goes out to try to. Uh, he's like, I got this. I got this. And he's trying to save the day. Basically, he's got like a uh, automatic rifle, or whatever, in his uh, in his car. He's going to try to get that, and then he ends up getting almost run over, basically, by Tex in the truck. Because Tex is posing as a guy who's going to help him out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so so that all happens. They end up, long story short, though, they the two, um, Michelle and Ryan, end up getting taken back to the Sawyer house. They get, they get caught. Yeah. Benny is still out on his own um, with his gun trying to find them and, and save them still. Mm-hmm. So this is where you meet the family. This isn't, it's not the Sawyer family. I don't... It is though. It's not though, because the idea from this is that the Sawyer family mostly died at the end of two. And now this is a new adoptive family of Leatherfaces. There it's a whole new family. It doesn't make it doesn't, any sense it doesn't though, because make, this and this is what doesn't make sense. So you have a a, a mom in this case, an old woman with a uh uh, a trach voice box thing that she yeah. talks through. Yeah. Uh, you have obviously Viggo Mortensen's character and his brother Tinker. Mm-hmm. Tinker's kind of, uh, he's like this, I don't know. How would you describe Tinker? He's, uh, Tinker, Tinker is like the, uh, is kind of like Hitchhiker in the first movie. A little bit. Isn't yeah. he a Vietnam vet? And he's a little like, bit. seems like a guy who's had, you know, PTSD or something. Now he's basically, I don't know, just yeah. kind of, 
driven driven crazy and he's sort of living out his days and yeah ba- like I mean, it, basically like living out his days in the aftermath of being over in Nam and stuff like that you also have this little blonde girl yeah who who you don't know who she is at first because oh see this is <laughs> This All is right. where I'm going to screw everybody up listening to this podcast. You've watched this movie four I, times. I know I have. This is, this is, <laughs> maybe it's because I've watched it so many times. <laughs> it's all blurring together to me. They, uh, Michelle and Ryan don't get caught necessarily on the side of the road. They walk and find a house looking for help. And Michelle goes up into a room and she finds this little girl sitting in the room. Oh, and yeah. then Tex busts in behind her, grabs her from behind, and that's uh-huh. how she gets caught. Yeah. Ryan the same way. That's how they get caught. Okay. They're actually in the house, not on the side of the road. Right. I forgot about that. And it what and what made me remember it is that the first time that you see the little girl, she's playing with a doll. Mm-hmm. And it's like this doll with like a weird skull face on it or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then you when Tex comes in, he turns on all the lights in the room. And there's just skeletons and bodies all over the room. And it dawns on me that the, that the little girl, who couldn't have been more than like, what, seven? Yeah, she was seven, like eight 10 years or old? 11. Maybe. 10 or 11, you think? Yeah. Nah, I'm not a good judge. Um, <laughs> I don't have kids. Uh, she's This doll is a skeleton, which means that she's playing with the corpse of like a dead baby. Oh, geez. Right? Yeah. yeah. That's weird. Yeah. She dressed up in doll clothes, the corpse of a baby. That's very The skeleton morbid, yeah. of a baby. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't dawn on me until after like, the third time that I'd watched it. I go, oh, wow, that makes it way more creepy. Yeah, that's dark. Way more creepy. Yeesh. Yeah, so... <laughs> So then you have Michelle. She's all tied up in in the in the kitchen. She's meeting the family. I liked the family dynamic because it kind of seemed like they all had like a part to play. Yeah, like it was very it was very structured almost. You know, like there was a um, hierarchy in the family. And I kind and I did kind of like that. Um, Ryan ends up getting brought in and he's strung up like basically like an Ed Gein body, like that that famous photo from Ed Gein where like the it was split down the middle and gutted, hanging, is, hanging in his house. Is there an Ed Gein? photo like oh, yeah. that oh yeah there is oh yeah it's crazy oh photo, photos from his house oh yeah there's like, oh, a, there's wow. like an actual person strung up by his feet and gutted down the middle good lord hanging up in his house so they basically like recreated that a little bit and uh they're going to kill him with the sledgehammer because that same whole hit him with the hammer to kill him trope from the first movie yeah and the little girl comes in and she's like no no you promised me i could do it and then you realize oh fuck this little girl is really fucked up <laughs> well at first she comes in and she's like she's uh she's telling them to stop like no no stop and you think oh this little girl has maybe a, maybe a good heart like she doesn't want to see anybody else die and then she's like you promised me i could do this one. Oh, yeah. wow That's, you're a psycho it's pretty fucked up <laughs> um yeah, so they're they're in there. Eventually, Benny finds them. He comes over, and it's like right as Leatherface is about to chainsaw Michelle to death. Yeah, um, I don't think you'd ever chainsaw somebody, and they would live going through the chest. I don't think you could live. I don't imagine so. No, <laughs> lots of lots of trauma. A lot of, a lot of soft tissue damage there. <laughs> um, so he sees it happening, starts shooting through the windows with his. With his uh, prepper gun, his uh, assault rifle, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, and that and that's that's the movie. They 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 escape. Well, they end up out in the woods, yeah. and so there was an original. There was an original cut of this movie that uh, 
Ken Forey's character, Benny, ends up, so they end up out in the woods, in the swamp, basically, and him and Leatherface have this battle yeah. in the swamp. It's basically like the dead body swamp, because there's another, there's another character. I don't even know who this other character is. They don't really explain who he is. Who? The guy that's in the beginning with the, the bum eye, and he's like he's dropping body parts. He's like kissing the head and throws it into the lake in the, or in the swamp. Oh, that was the that was the the was guy the, from the gas station. That was him. Okay, yeah. I thought that it might have been, but like it was dark, and I it's like I couldn't really make his features. Yeah, out. same guy. Okay, it was yeah. the same guy. Okay, him and uh, Tinker is that the uh, the other brother? Yeah, yeah. They kind of they kind of looked similar. Which I guess would make sense bit. because they're brothers. But uh yeah, they kinda look similar. Um, but yeah, that was him dropping the body parts out in the out in the swamp. So in the original cut of the movie, Ken Forey's character actually dies. Mm-hmm. Um have you? Does that cut actually exist? Is that? Oh yeah, it's all on. It's all on the DVD. Oh okay. All that the whole end scene is actually online. You okay. Can see it. Yeah. So what? The, what? The cut that we watched is the one where Ken Forey lives, and that's, well, that's because even the test audiences cut. watched the 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 version where Benny dies, and they hated it because mm-hmm. they liked his character so much. Yeah. So they went back and they reshot the ending of this movie, but they reshot it without telling the director. <laughs> Because early yes. early on in production, Jeff Burr had actually been sacked. Like they they canned him, but when they were trying to find somebody else to take up the take up the the role of director in such a short period, like with such short notice, they couldn't find anybody to take it up. So they rehired Jeff Burr to finish the film. Mm-hmm. So he comes through, he finishes the film. They start sending. They start showing it to test audiences, and test audiences hate that Benny dies. So the production went back and reshot the ending mm-hmm. where Benny lives, like way after production. And Jeff Burr, the director of the movie, didn't see that they had gone back and reshot it where Benny lives until the premiere of the movie. So he's sitting there watching this movie that he directed, and they get to the end. And Ken Foray's character lives, and he's like, "What the fuck? Like, I didn't yeah, shoot he was, that." He talked about it on the commentary, and he doesn't—he didn't seem like super broken up over it. He was just more like, "I don't know why they did it, but but they did it, you know, whatever." Um, yeah, it's it's, it's 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 really really bizarre. The the um, the original ending is so much better because there was so much of the effects where uh, Benny dies and the gore. That was cut out of this movie. So much of it, uh, and K and B did the effects for it, of course, because they did fucking everything. <laughs> um, but like, they had some really, really cool shit. It cut out like seven minutes or something, right? Uh, more than that, was it? Yeah, because the so oh, we no, watched it was we seven, watched seven minutes out of the the next movie. We watched yeah, we watched the unrated cut of Leatherface, mm-hmm. and that was still butchered. Like really? there's so much more because all the deleted scenes are on the discs. So mm-hmm. You can watch them. Like the ending, the end scene where. Um, where Benny dies, he's fighting leather Leatherface in like that body swamp, and the chainsaw is just floating. Chainsaw's it's kind of like floating, floating in the forth, water, yeah. like TikToking back and forth. Yeah, and Leatherface just takes Benny's head and just shoves it into the chainsaw, and mm. blood's going everywhere, and it's, like, it's super gnarly death. The chainsaw is like three, like a quarter of the way through his head. He dead. <laughs> like, and then in the in the, the 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 ending that is on the actual movie. 
he shows back up at the end with like a little cut on the, on the side of his head. It's like, uh, uh, no. <laughs> um, and like I said, the, the, the deleted ending, there's so much more trauma on his head. It's, it's crazy and awesome and beautiful. And then uh, you also, after that happens, so like after Benny dies and before Leatherface pops back out of the water, Tex shows back up. So Tex got into a fight with Benny and, and uh, or yeah, with Benny and Benny lit him on fire, basically. Yeah. Tex shows back up all burnt and goopy and everything else from the fire to attack Michelle. And there was a, a part in the movie where you notice that they were setting up traps all around the woods to mm-hmm. like basically catch people. Mm-hmm. And she sees one of these traps. And as she's being attacked by Tex, she triggers it. And it's one of those, um, it's like, it's like the, the, whittled together platform with the wooden spa stakes on it and it's like a big square with like a whole bunch of rows of wooden stakes and yeah it comes up out of the ground and oh yeah, yeah yeah and he, tex gets that right up against a tree oh and nice. he get, and he, he's just spitting up blood or whatever like it's really kind of gnarly and cool that was cut out um and then you have the the ending part of the ending that we saw where leatherface comes out she kills him with a rock um but then uh the ending the very very end she makes her way out of the um, out of the woods and in the version that we saw uh, you have Alfredo who's the dude from the gas station who I didn't realize was the same guy in the woods yeah he's not dead so he comes back or whatever and he tries to kill them yeah so you have so you have Benny and Michelle who are are trying to get into this truck to drive away he's attacking them she ends up shooting him in the chest with a shotgun you know and then her and Ken for a drive away mm-hmm which it's it's four a his name not four he I've always called him four he apparently that's not the case four a four a is how you say it. it's not the first I yeah I've heard watch doing some research on on this movie I heard people always say it four a and I'm or four a and I'm like oh I guess it's not four e like I always thought it was that's besides the point though um in the Original. I think ending. I've always followed your lead on that, and I guess I, sh- I guess I should have known better. <laughs> <laughs> in the original ending, though, you have uh, Michelle walks out because Benny's dead, so she walks out of the woods, and uh, she's by herself, and she sees a cop car driving down the road. Yeah, and she like she sees it, and she's smiling. Oh my god, I'm saved. Whatever. The cop car comes by, and it literally drives around her, and. And stops about twenty yards in front of her. Okay. And then out of the back seat rises the little girl with her with her doll and mm. she just kinda laughs. And then it scrolls down to the back of the car to the bumper onto a bumper sticker that says, Don't mess with Texas. <laughs> and then it fades out. It's such a better ending. Like yeah. everything about it is so much better. Because in in the theatric theatrical and unrated versions, what happens to that little girl? You see her up in a window when the big fight scene at the end is happening, and yeah. then you never see her again. Yeah. Like, she's just completely, she disappears. The mom and uh, and Tinker got shot up by Benny, so they were dead when um, when he was shooting to save Michelle when she was about to get chainsawed. Yeah, yeah. So, like, there's ending to all the characters except for the little girl. Mm-hmm. So, it's like, what the fuck happened to her? It's another reason that the original ending is just, it makes way more sense. Yeah. And it also makes more sense because the sheriff, I think that's the same sheriff that they met coming mm. into the beginning mm-hmm. when they ask, Oh, what happened here? He's like, it's none of your business. Like, I think it's the same guy. Cause he knows exactly what happened. And that kind of ties into, if you get past uh next generation, it ties into the 2003 remake. 
with Arlie Ermey as the as oh, the yeah. sheriff, yeah, who is part of the family. So sort of, yeah. What it do you does. mean, sort of? No, no, no. It does. It does. Yeah. It, um, yeah. I I like this movie. Right. It's it's very much your even though it was from 1990. It's the very beginning of the decade. It feels like that like a, a good 90s horror movie. Like it had that feeling to it. Like it looked like it was from that era. Yeah. Um, I like the effects. I thought Leatherface looked pretty awesome in this one. Um, this starts though. This movie starts the as I will call it the pussification of Leatherface. <laughs> um, you know, it, it's weird. In the in the first in the original first movie, he's like the enforcer of the family, mm-hmm. right? You know, as we as we as we discussed, he's definitely a child and he is treated as such by the family or whatever. Yeah. But he's still this super strong vicious character when he needs to be right and he's like he's like the one that you like is the most imposing of the entire family even he's, he's even, the muscle yeah even though yeah. he when he puts on the face of say a woman he turns into that woman or right or the mother he turns into the mother he goes through these identity uh, well switches. and that's and that's something they can comp- that's something they completely skipped in uh in in three in three was the fact that he would wear other faces to, um, to uh, like kind of uh, put forth a different personality? Yeah, yeah. You know, like in the like yeah, they, you, they did not touch on it as much, but him as a character, though, he was treated more wussy. Like you know, what I'm saying, like he wasn't, he wasn't. Like yes, he still ran around the chainsaw, and yes, he was still sort of imposing. But when you you come to find out, the little girl actually is his daughter. His daughter and, is that? Yes, it's his daughter. It's Leatherface's daughter, which makes a lot of sense when she comes and sits on his lap, and then he kisses her on the cheek or whatever. Like it's it's a really weird dynamic because the Where mom. Where did they say that that was his daughter? Because the mom says he, the mom looks at Michelle and she goes, "Leather uh, uh, Junior." They call him Junior on this Junior, one. Junior, yeah. Go, Junior makes real good babies. We know that. Oh, it's the, and that's the girl. Yeah, it's Leatherface's okay. daughter, which is. It's it's like it's this weird part of the movie that they never really even go back to. It's like, wait, yeah. it's like whoa, 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 hold hold the fucking phone here. Leatherface has a daughter. Well, it makes it's sense. Really, really. Weird. It makes sense when you consider how he was in Texas Chainsaw Massacre two. Sure. Because he was very interested in Stretch. Sure. Right. Sure. So, uh, the, the daughter obviously came from one of the other women that they had tied up. So somewhere yeah. along the lines, you know. By the way, did you notice that Stretch was in this movie? Oh yeah, yeah, she's in the very beginning. Yeah, and uh, she's a cameo. It it's a blink and you'll miss her, and she doesn't even look like her. Oh no! So it's like I can definitely understand if. Well, I went back and I looked it up because I was like, I was we were watching the movie, and I go, they lingered on that chick for kind of a long time. Like why? Because it's it's right in the beginning when they find the mass grave. Mm-hmm. And they there's just this random reporter who's smoking a cigarette, and they linger on her for like five or six seconds, and you're like, yeah. it seems kind of weird that they would specifically linger. So I looked up who it was, and I was like, oh shit, that's yeah. Stretch. And I had, that's crazy. I had heard when we were doing Texas Two that they had put her in subsequent movies, uh, and I didn't realize where she was going to show up. That was her. She's also in Hatchet Three. So oh, yeah. when they made Hatchet Three, it's one of those movies where they, you know, it's a, 
get all your <clears throat> get get all your horror icons together and put them in random cameos and this yeah. and that. And uh, BJ McDowell, I believe his name is, the director of Hatchet Three. He flat out told her, he goes, even though we can't use the name because it's it's a copywritten character, you are Stretch. Like oh. you are this character. Yeah. Like, she's she's grown up. She's become a, a, a TV reporter now. Uh. Um, she's married to a sheriff. Like, like that's, in Hatchet that's, Three, yeah, she's a TV reporter. I think she's a TV reporter. Yeah, yeah. And she's like, but, but like, like we can't say that it's Stretch, but it's Stretch. <laughs> so that's how you, that's how you're playing. Right? Yeah, like with yeah. all that baggage and everything else. That's so cool. it's pretty, it's pretty cool that like stuff like that continues on. Yeah, for sure. It's just, it, that just shows people love love the genre. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like in terms of in terms of the family dynamic, which is kind of what these movies are about, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, this one did have the tagline, the Saw is family, but it wasn't, A, it wasn't even his family. Yeah. And it wasn't, it's like, they don't explain how he came to be in this family. And like I said earlier, judging from how the writers were talking about it in the commentary, yeah. I don't even think they understood it. It was just like they had an idea and they went with it, fuck the rules. Yeah. And it doesn't fit into the rest of the it really doesn't fit into the rest of the series. Yeah. It, I don't know. It's it's weird. Well, and it's like you said, like they kind of, this is where they start to take the focus off of Leatherface because in the first two movies, there were definitely, there were definitely strong personalities in the other characters that mm-hmm. like uh, played alongside Leatherface. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't even necessarily say, you know, Leatherface wasn't the the main like was wasn't necessarily the main focus in the original or the second one but he was still especially in the original he was still the main antagonist sure like you don't think about the texas chainsaw massacre the original and not think about leatherface no that's it's ingrained but then in number two and now in number three it's they focus more on the rest of the family the and family and dynamic, almost yeah. and almost how they mistreat him like they he's almost an afterthought yeah exactly he's not at the forefront of of the story they're telling he's just a part of the story if and, that makes sense and i like the idea that he's almost uses sort of a pawn in the family mm-hmm. but i don't like the i don't like how they uh downgrade how vicious he can be yeah it it cheapens the character a little bit yeah. like you can still have you can still have all of these um all of these personality traits that that we've come to realize over the, the course of these movies right you right. can still have that but then still make him vicious and terrifying right and and that's why the first movie worked as well as it did is yep. because they struck a balance you know that was fantastic. Yeah. Whereas in 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 this movie, like I said, it was more of like what what are they doing to this character? It's like this was also the company that bought the rights to Texas Chainsaw. Mm. Uh, it was New Line. New Line bought the rights mm-hmm. because this was around the time that um, Nightmare Five was coming out, mm-hmm. and the Nightmare movies were starting to not make as much money, and like that was their cash cow, and so they bought the rights to Texas Chainsaw in order to kickstart a new franchise, they could put movies out every other year. Okay. Uh, obviously, that didn't work out yeah. because this movie didn't do well. Um, but their whole idea was to do that. And, I'm thinking, and, and when you hear that, it's like, then why wouldn't you position your main, like your main like antagonist. horror icon, your yeah. antagonist, why would you not position him in a better way to where you want people to come back? Like I said, it was like the the, 
This started the pussification of Leatherface. Right. This movie was it's called like, This I'm movie conf- was called Leatherface. Exactly. Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3. But you put so much focus on the rest of the family and how he's almost subordinate in the family. Yeah. yeah. That you kind of took away from what the character actually was su- supposed to be, you know yeah, what I mean? It's yeah, it, like it, that's yeah. It's a very confusing way of of going about it. Yeah. Um also confusing, why is it that every movie we've been watching lately has completely out of place speed metal playing over scenes where there shouldn't be <laughs> speed metal? <laughs> uh it, it made a little more sense in these it was, movies. It was still out of place though. It was it was definitely more in place in these movies than it was in I'll give you that. It was, in phenomena. Though. It was still jarring to me. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I don't know. I, I think that I would have much rather have seen the movie that they thought they were going to make when they made the teaser trailer. Mm. Oh, dude. I want to see that movie. Oh, the teaser. First off, Kane Hodder as Leatherface. Yeah. Because he plays Leatherface in the teaser. Yeah. They made this teaser, by the way, long before they ever started production. I think before they even had a script yeah. for the third movie. Yeah. So the teaser this. trailer is fantastic. Look it up online if you've never seen it. It's it's amazing. It's got this weird, super happy, happy-go-lucky, you're-in-the-woods kind of music, and you see a character standing by the side of a lake. They're setting it up as, as if it's a sword and sorcery movie. A little bit, yeah. Because you have, the, you have the, the, uh, the, the voiceover talking about like the, the, uh, the story that will be told forevermore, and one man meeting his destiny, and you see this person standing at the edge of the lake, and, and, you, and you hear this voiceover, you're like, oh, fuck, it's like... I don't know, Lady Hawk or something like that. You know what I mean? And then all of a sudden you see the the hand reach out from like slowly start to reach out from the the center of the lake and it's like the lady in the lake bringing this man his destiny like his it's, it's this giant his broadsword chrome, chromed out chainsaw which wasn't in the movie. There was a they call it the Excalibur chainsaw. Sure, yeah. Uh so it is like this this larger than life chainsaw they use in the movie but yeah. this one in the teaser is this completely chromed out humongous chainsaw <laughs> and this this woman's hand comes up out of the water with one of those it's one of those like ring bracelet things where like it's wrapped around the two fingers and then there's like cords that attach to like a bracelet and there's like a like an amulet in like the middle. A, yeah like, a, like a, a giant r- ruby or something middle, it's so sort of it's, sorcery, a, it's like, the lady it's the lady in the lake like like yeah. i said like bringing bringing him the blade that will that will like forge his destiny and this, the, cha- the chainsaw just flies out of the water he catches it and lightning strikes it and it's like <laughs> it is the most re- i love it it is the most ridiculous teaser trailer for a movie like this i've ever seen and it's fantastic i want to see that oh, movie so great like, dude. that is I want to see Leatherface flying around on fucking dragons. That's what I want to see. <laughs> like, yeah, and then he meets like fucking Conan or something like that. He's like, it's like, who is this leather guy? I got to fight him with my sword. Bing, bing. <laughs> it's going to be steel versus steel. Ali. <laughs> That's what I want to see. Anyway, um, what did you what did you think though overall of the movie? Overall, I actually. I actually did like the movie. Uh, we didn't even talk about the weird side story with the other chick. It doesn't really matter yeah, at this point. There was point. another chick running around the woods who apparently was only with them for a week, yet she was completely out of her mind. Yeah. Which, I guess it's, it's possible. I mean, she was crucified onto a chair. Yeah, she was. Yeah. So is Michelle, I suppose. But 
whatever. Um, um, yeah, it was overall, it was, it was a little kind of all over the place, but, mm-hmm. um, certainly not as much as the next movie, but I don't know. I liked it. I thought it was, I thought I, it was a fun watch. I like it and I don't know why I like it. Like there's redeeming parts that I can point to. Like I like the way that it looked. Yeah. I like, um, at least seeing the gore they cut out and knowing what was there. I like that. I well, like, here's the thing. You know, we, we said, we said the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre is very is it's a very 70s horror movie texas chainsaw massacre 2 is a very 80s horror movie and this movie is a very, very 90s. 90s looking horror movie as and is I, the next one <laughs> right and i think that's kind of what we liked about it it just yeah. it just kind of um it kind of encompassed everything that is 90s horror for us and mm-hmm. ultimately just just sort of not really nailed it i wouldn't say nailed it but no, but Michelle, definitely Michelle got nailed to a chair. <laughs> Pulled herself off. I'm though, just saying, which she, is pretty impressive. You made that sound way more sexier oh. than it should have been. <laughs> Pulled myself off. <laughs> All right, um, moving on to Texas. Now it's not the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's Texas Chainsaw Massacre: The Next Generation, or as it was originally known, the Return of, or Return of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. Um, so this is the where <laughs> shit just gets weird in this movie. Um, so you yeah. had so you had uh, Kim Henkel that came back, right? Kim Henkel, as we were talked about earlier, was uh, one of the original screenwriters and story writers on the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. So he returned to write and direct this movie, um, and I had always known that this movie was a little bit of a parody. Sort of like it was his kind of like taking the original idea and just sort of, <clears throat> I guess, making a parody of it like a little bit, yet, yet still being a horror movie all at the same time. Like, yeah, being, it's, it's a really, really weird, weird take. And then I was reading something about it earlier before we even get into anything else. I want to read this because I think that it's, it's important to understand where this movie is coming from. Yeah. Um, and I'm just going to read this from here. Uh, it's This came from um, IMDb, but it I can't say it any better, so I'm just going to read it direct. It says, This movie is recursive in that it opens with an uh, intertitle referring to two minor yet apparently related incidents, a joking acknowledgement of the two previous sequels. So that's what I'm talking about, how it technically sets itself up to exist in that world. Like, those two movies existed. Well, it it says two two minor yet apparently related incidents. It's, it's it's setting it up in a joking way because Kim Henkel thinks Kim Henkel looks at this movie as the the actual sure. sequel to to uh, but that's the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Not saying that they didn't exist. In not the saying that they didn't exist, but he's just saying like they're almost tossaway incidents. Yes, but they happened. Right. But they happen. Right. Um, let's see here. Uh, Justin Yandel, uh, Justin Yandel of Bloody Disgusting, interprets this movie as a cynical reimagining of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, with Henkel parodying his own work. He cites Leatherface's ineffectiveness at dispatching his victims, as well as the archetypical teenage characters, as evidence of this movie being a commentary on the declining state of horror movies in the late 1980s and early 90s. Leatherface, once efficient, methodical, and nearly silent, now struggles to uh, competently capture or kill his victims, while all while screaming, uh, screaming like a petulant child. The family, no longer, uh, 
no longer backwater cannibals dine on pizza instead of the fresh meat of their victims. The dinner sequence, originally one of the most effective and horrifying scenes ever committed to film, goes so far off the rails. It climaxes with Jenny turning the tables on her captors and scolding Leatherface into sitting down and shutting up. The ineffectiveness of it all is intentional, and we know this because a man in a limo pulls up and openly acknowledges it. And it's such a weird way of approaching a movie it's super interesting when you because i'll be honest watching this movie i go what yeah what it's the really biz- it's a bizarre- but then when but then when you think about it as as a commentary on like you know like they said on where movies were horror movies were headed in the 80s and 90s and and parodying uh making it a parody and like showing Showing Leatherface as a completely unefficient, ineffective killer, mm-hmm. and it, it makes like- it makes sense. Like you're watching this movie, and you're like, "This is absolutely batshit crazy." But then, when you actually, if this is what was actually going on, if when you get into Kim Henkel's head, mm-hmm. and you consider what he was trying to do, it's, it kind of makes sense. It's almost like he looked at it as we made this this ferociously horrifying movie in the 70s and you have been and 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 since then the story has been bastardized so much fine that you want n- you want you want to bastardize it let's fucking bastardize right. it and, and he just like i'm just gonna ripped it apart like, yeah i'm gonna complete i'm gonna complete the like, the, the the transition into i created absolute, it i can kill it kind yeah. of kind of a thing yeah, yeah. And, I, and i and i wonder that's all conjecture but i wonder if that's what was going on in his head because that's what it feels like you know I can't see how I can't I can't see how that's not what was going through. Is because if this is the guy who was originally wrote the character mm-hmm. of Leatherface, and how vicious and uh, intimidating and efficient he was as a killer, this is the same guy who's writing this version of mm-hmm. Leatherface. I can't imagine that that's not what was going through his head. It it has to be. Um, and it, it, and it's just so weird. This this movie might be single like like singled out as the strangest entry into a franchise that has ever existed. Not not just based on on the surface level stuff, <clears throat> but then you get into stuff like that, you know. And then right. there's this whole Illuminati thing that we'll get. It. It, yeah. It's it is so bizarre. I was such a bizarre movie. I was coming. I was coming out of this movie and into this podcast going. This might be one of the worst movies I've ever seen that I liked. Oh yeah, it, I, I I still do like this movie. The I've movie, always liked this. The movie is fucking terrible, and I still like it for some reason because it was supposed to be. And because yeah, and I you, think that's you why. saw exactly what Kim Henkel wanted you to see. Right. And then and then learning even more about it just makes me like it even more. But then and other- then actually, and then actually, like hearing interviews with McConaughey and uh, Renee Zellweger, there was there was oh. all that shit. Renee Zellweger, <laughs> there was all that shit a couple of years ago uh, that we talked about on the podcast. Where uh, oh, the Scream Factory, yeah, stuff? the Scream yeah. Factory release, they were making Scream Factory take their likenesses off of the. Well, and it turns out that's. M- it's more than likely the management and well, thing is and though, uh, agents of of Renee Zellweger and Matthew McConaughey because if you go back just two years or three years at this point three years to 2017, 
There's interviews in 2017 of Matthew McConaughey talking about how much fun he had on this movie. Oh, yeah. Renee, Renee Zellweger, too. Same. Yeah. You know, it was always thought, thought for years that this was like the black mark on their career and they didn't want to talk about it and this and that. And right. granted, it wasn't like they talked about it a whole lot, but like the weird thing is, is like, are they, who knows if they're even with that same agency still? You know, yeah. I know there's only like one or two big, I'm just two. Two or actually maybe two or three big agencies in uh, in Hollywood, basically that most everybody goes through. Yeah. So it's possible they're still with the same people, but this would be a fucking long ass grudge to hold on to to force them to like it's it's yeah. it seems so weird to me that and so petty that yeah. that would still be a thing going on. And I've never heard as to why the Scream Factory thing happened. I think that was just what people were assuming. Like yeah. I've never heard a definitive answer as to why they had to change it, right. um, but it did have to do with their likenesses. Obviously, someone didn't want their likenesses on there, or maybe they maybe they were going to charge them for it, like and they had to pay a premium that wasn't worth it. I don't know. Yeah, but um, it's 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 very very strange. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're getting ahead of ourselves. Uh, let's see here. A group of teenagers get into a car crash in the Texas woods on prom night uh, and then wander into an old farmhouse that is the home of Leatherface and his insane family of cannibalistic psychopaths. But they're not cannibalistic. No. At least no, that's you don't a... see that they are. They eat pizza, remember? <laughs> yeah. Um, that's weird. Which is uh, another thing that I read um, at the end of... Uh... Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3, mm-hmm. Ken Foray's character, Benny, says something to Vigo Morton's Vigo Mortensen's <clears throat> character and says, uh, because he knows that they're gonna eat human meat, right? Mm-hmm. And he says, Haven't you people ever heard about pizza? <laughs> and yeah. then in this movie, it makes you wonder if the you- whole story revolves around uh what's her what's her face? What the hell was her name? Um the uh the real estate agent or whatever oh uh darla yeah darla Darla. the whole like a a big portion of the movie revolves around her getting pizza before she comes home it's almost almost like kim henkel saw that and and hated it or something like that and picked that out to make fun of it same thing as and i don't know and again we're we're all just taking this as we're watching it but like leatherface had a brace on because he cut through his leg in two right Maybe yeah. Kim Henkel hated the fact that Leatherface cut himself with a chainsaw. I don't know. Who knows? But it's almost like he was making fun well, no, of no, the no. leg brace. He cut brace. himself in one. Oh, is it in one? He cut himself in the original. It was the original. Yeah. Okay. But it was weird, though, because Leatherface had a leg brace in three. And then in four, it's Matthew McConaughey that has the leg brace. And but they, it's this weird, stupid, like... they took it to the extreme. Exactly. Where it's, like, like, controlled by fucking, like, VCR remotes and yeah, stuff like that. it's really bizarre. Yeah. Like, and I'm not going to say, I, I I don't know for sure that those two things have anything to do with each other, but it does seem weird that you would have another leg brace, you know, like, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it is super weird and it's a whole brand new family again. Like it has nothing to do with any of the, any of the families from any of the movies. It's like a completely revisioned Leatherface family again. Like, well, and this is this is know, something that I didn't notice uh, until just a few minutes ago. I'm I'm looking at the IMDb uh, page for <laughs> for Next Generation. Mm-hmm. In all the other movies, they're known as the Sawyer family, right? In this movie, they're credited as the Slaughter family. You have Leatherface Slaughter, W. E. Yep. Slaughter, mm-hmm. uh, like. W- 
are, are they implying that it's not the same family or no it's not it's a com- it's a new family okay so it's a, it's, it's another adopted family i think so it's an entirely new family because who just happens to do the exact well i guess not the exact same thing because they're not cannibals but that's the thing that there's a there's a part in the movie where um i think it's 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 uh, we it looks at Vilmer, who um, we'll get into the characters in a minute here. Vilmer is Matthew McConaughey's character. Yeah. Uh, he looks at him and goes, ever since you and your brother showed up, you brought us nothing but trouble. So Leatherface and Vilmer mm. are brothers, but mm-hmm. the rest of them are not related. Yeah. So it's, it's other, another adopted family kind of ordeal. It's, it's uh-huh. really weird. Um, okay, let's not get too out of ourselves, though. <laughs> Renee Zellweger plays Jenny. Jenny is going to prom, like they said, her and her boyfriend. And then they're with... Uh, uh, a, or just her friend, her stoner friend. I th- it's not her boyfriend. No, I think that they are. Well, Barry just... She, she does reference him as her boyfriend later on in the movie. I don't think so. She does. She does, trust me. But I don't know if maybe that was because people just kept assuming it. Who knows? Whatever. Her and her stoner friend or whatever. And then you have Barry and Barry's girlfriend, uh, Heather. Um, Barry is a fucking piece of work, by the way. He <laughs> Barry's a piece of shit. Jesus. Heather is also a piece of shit. Yep. They Perfect des- for each they other. They deserve each Perfect other. Perfect for each other. Also, maybe the two worst actors in history. Don't care. <laughs> yeah, de- definitely don't in, care. In the scheme of this movie, don't care. Uh, um, the the first fifteen minutes of this oh. movie, I spent going, huh? Because <laughs> it's like because Heather is Heather's off looking for Barry. She finds him making out with another chick, tongue tongue deep in some other broad, just yep. fuck, just tonsils, <laughs> tasting tonsils, and they get. She takes off. He jumps in the car. And within two minutes, she's got, or within two minutes of her catching him making out with another chick, he has her apologizing, apologizing it, apologizing and blaming it on herself. And then you have you have oh poor my. Jenny in the back seat who's just trying to be like. You're an idiot. Like everything that you're saying, Bar- uh, Barry is wrong. And Barry's just like, "Shut up! You're so ugly. Nobody would date." It's like Jesus, Barry. <laughs> G- girls got tits. <laughs> it just that whole conversation. Oh I'm serious. Like the first twenty minutes of this movie, the conversation is so fucking mind numbing mm-hmm. that I'm like, "Where are we going? Where are we going with this?" Like listening to Barry spout his his bullshit like it's so weird and then his girlfriend adding nothing to the conversation but at the same time adding everything that is wrong with he did uh, he I, did have my favorite line of the movie though was it girls I mean, it was, was, a complete, it, was it was it girls got no, tits it was a completely throwaway line but it made me laugh so hard so they're leaving the prom or whatever and uh they get lost down this down this back road and like we're, and jenny's like no we're not lost just find a place to turn around and then a couple seconds later bear's like there's nowhere to turn around blah blah because these assholes don't know how to make roads <laughs> Dude. I don't know why I laughed so hard at that. I, the way he said it. I like, also laughed at it, and I know exactly why I laughed at it. Because it sounds like something my dad would say. <laughs> and which means it sounds like something I'm gonna say within the next 15 years because I'm I'm exactly my dad, just 15 years behind. That sounds like my dad would be driving down a road 
and find it like he could he could find himself in a situation where he fucked up and he'll find some some way to blame somebody else well that was barry's mo yeah and no responsibility for anything so they turned down this road and there's nowhere to turn around and barry's just like there's nowhere to turn around these fucking assholes don't know how to make roads that's big jim that's exactly big jim it's like big jim would lose a fucking golf ball at the golf course and he'd be like yeah these fucking assholes didn't make the fairway wide enough I love your dad. I really oh, I do. love him to death. But um, that's exactly how he how he operates. So they uh, so they get into a uh, very much like uh, like Leatherface Texas Three. They get into a car accident in the back roads. Um, yeah. the, the guy just like is basically alive but dead on the ground. So they take off to try to find help. Um, sure. Uh, they they take off to try to find help. They end up wandering into the woods. Uh, you got. Uh, Barry and Heather wander off trying to follow some car they saw, and it leads back to the slaughterhouse, basically. Oh, the slaughterhouse. Slaughterhouse, yeah. They, they, they get led back to there. Uh, Jenny, on the other hand, is wandering in the dark by herself on these back roads. Um, they eventually do find uh, Darla, who she's like, she's working out of like a little trailer somewhere. I don't know if it's like a real estate thing or something. Almost I think like a little I, real estate trailer. I think she implies that she's done, she's doing real estate because yeah. she mentions <laughs> this is one of the, the first, the first 15 or 20 minutes of this movie is all about sex. Yeah. Really sexist too. <laughs> and very sexist. Which and I think was intentional though. I don't oh, think I don't yeah. think that it was written to be I think, mean. I, I think, think it again was, it was supposed to parody yeah. what movies were doing at exactly. the time. Um so maybe genius, but maybe this movie's <laughs> genius and we didn't even know it. <laughs> but I mean like completely like um and I don't I don't mean to say inappropriate as in like I was offended by it, but like inappropriate like inappropriate timing. Like these kids show up, they're distressed because they just like They've got a dude back by their car who is potentially concussed and maybe dying. And this real estate agent woman just goes, oh, what's the problem? And then she like kind of halfway listens to them and then leans into uh, into Jenny. And she's just like, yeah, they they they. I see you staring at my. She said she said they're fake as a three dollar bill, but my commission's gone up twenty percent since it's like this girl just told you that they might have killed a guy, and now you're talking about your tits. And then within the next minute and a half, she's flashing her tits to somebody out on the road. She's like, it could be could be a jealous husband, or it could be some of them high school boys. Okay, so show them your tits, I guess. Like, I. I'll be honest with you. Yeah, you're not going to complain about it. I I wish that I went to high school around there. (laughs) Um, No, but like, yeah, it's it's so weird and and inappropriate and and it's the whole bizarre. It's so weird. The whole first like the whole first twenty or twenty five minutes of the movie where they spent and and I guess that's where I didn't really pick up on it until I realized that maybe this movie's supposed to be a parody of. What was going on in horror movies in mm-hmm. the in the surrounding years, but like the whole first twenty minutes of the movie where they're just saying like the most ridiculous shit about like sex and relationships and stuff like that and how uh uh what's her name? Uh not Jenny. Heather. What was the other Heather. Heather, yeah. 
yeah, like how her character just tried to act tough at the beginning and then slipped right into a an apologetic sort of sure. subordinate role to this asshole alpha male bullshit. Like it was all it's just very bizarre. So like you, you thought she was gonna be empowering, but nope, she's just the same woman character you get in every movie. Like but then, in every but then, horror movie. But then know? twenty minutes later she she's talking to him as they're walking down this long dark lane and she says I just act like that to make people like me. Like I only, I only, I only say that shit uh, about being a stupid female so that people will like me. Sure, but I'm actually pretty smart. Like I don't know. It just seems like a lot of it had sort of a com- was sort of a commentary on how men and women were portrayed in oh, film at the time. One hundred percent. But. I'll be honest, I'm watching the movie and I didn't pick up on any of that right away. I guess is this movie more genius than we thought That's it was? That's what I'm saying. Like the, Are we talking ourselves into liking this movie even more? Ever? I told you this is one of the worst <laughs> movies I've ever seen that I liked. And I'm liking it more and more as I think about it because I think Kim Henkel is a pretty smart dude. Yeah. And I think that he actually had more to say than people realize. Mm-hmm. And he was he was making some statements about what was going on in film at the sure, time. Sure. And, but most people just see, Oh, Matthew McConaughey lost his shit during this movie. Well, well, and, and <laughs> which we should talk about. <laughs> okay. Okay. Let's, let's, let's fast forward through this a little bit. Okay. They, they talk to Darla. Darla calls Vilmer. Vilmer has a wrecker. He's, he's going to go see what's going on, get their car out, whatever. Right. Vilmer shows up and one of the boys uh, in the group stayed behind to wait for, to wait for somebody just in case with the concussed guy. Yeah. And Vilmer shows up and he goes, Oh, he's dead. And the guy's like, I don't think he's dead. Yeah, no, no, he's dead. Nah, I'm pretty sure he's alive. He was just like moaning a couple of seconds ago. So then Vilmer goes, Okay, and then he cracks his neck. Well, he's dead now. And then he kills the other kid, right? So you full on within five minutes, you know exactly what Vilmer is all about. Yeah. Um, like I like I'd said earlier, uh, after they left uh, Darla, you had uh, Barry and Heather chase after a car to go to the slaughterhouse. Jenny was by herself trying to find the cars. She ends up getting picked up by Vilmer, and they have a really weird exchange where he's just like creep city right off the get go, and um, it's like he's Matthew McConaughey. It's weird. You can abs for as weird as this role is, you can one hundred percent understand why he would win an Oscar later on. Like I thought his performance in this movie, for as batshit crazy as it was, I thought it was brilliant. Well, if you think, consider the fact that he had, I think he had just graduated college mm-hmm. when he went out for the role in this movie. Well, he actually went And when out. he originally went out for the for a role in this movie, it was for a completely different character, a character who ended up not making it yeah. into the final film, which was like this um hero role that was supposed to show up and and whisk Jenny away and yeah. be the the savior at the end. And then they're like, "Can you think of anybody else who could play Vilmer?" He suggested a couple dudes and then he went to like walk out to his car and then he goes, "Hold on a second the fuck am i doing (laughs) yeah and turns back around and goes back to kim henkel and says you mind if i read for vilmer and he proceeded to go crazy basically at the audition and they hired him on the spot exactly and 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 what you see of a young matthew mcconaughey in this movie is exactly what you see of him these days like sure 
You ever watch his shit? Like you ever watch his shit on Instagram? His Instagram stories and stuff. Once he, once he, the dude is out of his mind, sure. but in a good way. He's, like he's he is when he focuses his attention on something, he is one hundred ten percent into it, and you can see it in this role. Like, because when he's when he's going crazy, like the veins in his neck are yeah. like popping like crazy. Like he's got his fingers in uh, Renee Zellweger's mouth at one point in time, and it looks really uncomfortable. Like That's what I was, he's he's going like a hundred and fifty percent crazy. Like you would you could honestly believe that when the filming was done. There, if there was a story that came out that where he had to like that he had like a mental break afterwards because of the role, you'd believe it. Like mm-hmm. that's how crazy he was in yeah. this role, and it was perfect. And 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 not to take anything away from uh, Renee Zellweger, but I think Matthew McConaughey stole the show. She, on the other hand, though, was fucking fantastic too. Oh yeah, she was great. Like yeah. there's there's a reason that both of them went on to do what they would do. You know, right? A year after this movie came out, Jerry Maguire came out. It's that was well, that close. Well, it was Jerry, Jerry Maguire, Maguire came out in 97 90, or 98? 90, 96. Oh, 96. Jerry Maguire was 96. Okay. Uh, this movie was filmed in 94. It didn't have its first showing until 95. Right. Um, but it was like right after that, though. She had done Empire Records right after this, too, because Empire Records came out in 95. It's kind of crazy to think that this movie and Jerry Maguire came out so close to mm-hmm. each other. Because Jeremy Maguire, I I love Jeremy Maguire. I think that's a great movie. She was great in it. Mm -hmm. Uh, But (laughs) seeing her in this movie and then seeing her in Jeremy Maguire, like, what a juxtaposition! You know, it's It's crazy, super weird. Um, Okay, let's uh, let's get through this. We are, yeah, it's fuck time tonight. they end up going. They end up. Uh, Renee Zellweger's character gets uh, obviously kidnapped by Vilmer in the car there, and um, they go back. They get back to the house. Fucking Barry. When 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 Barry and Heather are first in the house, it's so funny because Barry goes up there and he ends up getting held at gunpoint by We. Yeah. Right. There is the least sense of urgency in Barry's character when he gets inside the house. They. He literally just had a shotgun pointed at his face and he quote unquote outsmarted W.E. by getting into the door and then locking it behind him. Not to mention he heard his girlfriend screaming bloody yeah. murder for like so two he minutes. He gets in the house and goes, hey, Heather, where are you? I got I got I got to piss. I, I got to find the bathroom. I got to take a piss. <laughs> like there's no <laughs> sense of urgency in his character whatsoever. It's just like, what the fuck? But again, if you think about it, if Kim Henkel was actually trying to do what we're now thinking yeah. that he was trying to do. Like, he was just trying to write out, like, think about how, how many other movies there are, like slasher movies, where the where there's some macho dumbass uh-huh. who doesn't take the situation seriously. Sure. Now put him in this situation where it's, like, obviously life or death situation. Like, you, you've already had a shotgun pointed at your face, and you've heard your girlfriend screaming bloody murder. Yeah. But you're still doing that whole. No, hey, what's uh, what's going on? Ah, uh, never mind. I got to take a piss. He's talking as if she's like right in the other room. Right. Here, him. He has no idea where she is. Right. Um. At this point, she is put inside of a giant cooler, um, with like an engine put on top of it. All she's right. She's also put on a meat hook at one point in time, and I'm confused as to when she got out of the house. Yeah, I'm pretty. Because later on, she's crawling across the road when yeah, did I'm how pretty, did she get herself off i'm the pretty meat sure hook? getting hung on a meat hook 
would kill you pretty quickly too. When she got put on it though, did you notice that she went from screaming because Leatherface was holding her to getting put on the meat hook and then she stopped screaming? It was like uh, backwards. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> That's kind of how it was. She's it was just like, really well, weird. I guess I'm on a meat hook now. <laughs> um, what is life? <laughs> uh, l- let's talk. We should probably wrap this up pretty soon. Uh, I'm having fun talking about this though. <laughs> God, I hated Leatherface in this movie. Yeah, so in the beginning, when when they first, I did like his his reveal though. Like Heather, oh, si- love, Heather yeah. sitting on like the Evil Dead type uh, swing uh, porch uh, porch swing. Yeah, and Leatherface just kind of walks up behind her and starts picking like, at her hair. With her hair. And she's like, ah, oh, bugs, she get away. She thinks like bugs in her hair. Yeah, <laughs> and he's just like menacingly standing behind her, and you only see him from like nipples down. Uh, I guess I'm assuming that's where his nipples are. He may have been wearing somebody else's nipples. I don't know. Um, Maybe he's got four or five of them. You don't know. Very well could. Uh, so, yeah. So, it's like he's there. And that, that reveal was cool. And the only part of the movie where he is menacing at all is when he's first grabbing her and Barry in the very, very beginning. Yeah. After that, though, even, just pussification. Like even, it is, even then, though, he's not menacing. He's not because, menacing. No, I'm saying that's the most that he was, though. Because when she turns around, she sees him there at first, and he's like, he screams the whole time. Yeah, screams like a like, like, like what did the what did the blade discussing guy say? Petulant child. Yeah, and every single scene that he's in, if there's anything, if there's anything happening in the scene that's above uh, the volume of a normal conversation. Cowering. He's, he's screaming. Yep. And it's fucking obnoxious. Yeah. Um it's it's ridiculous. They have like I, throughout the throughout the entire like there's even a the chase scene where uh where Jenny you know Jenny uh goes into that one room and she sees the cop like the the dead cop she takes his to takes his pistol leatherface comes through the door she tries to shoot at him and there's no bullets and then he chases her upstairs. That entire chase scene would have been pretty effective and pretty creepy mm-hmm. had he not been yelling the whole time. Yeah. I'm just like, yeah, his- God, I want this whole scene I want this whole thing to be over with so that I can stop listening to him yell. It yeah, was awful. It's it's rather annoying. Yeah. Um Yeah, it's it's just so it's so weird. Like this this whole movie just it's like scene after scene. It's like it just gets weirder and weirder. It's like, well, surely they're not going to do that. They do it. Surely they're not going to do that. They do it. You know, there's a uh, like like we said earlier. There's a part where Jenny she they recreate the kitchen table scene from mm. the first movie, and Jenny ends up taking control of the thing and telling Leatherface to shut up and sit down, and he just cowers and sits down. Like yeah. there, it's so weird. My favorite part of the uh, of the the dinner scene is that you once again have Grandpa grandpa is sitting at the end of the table um and he's like and there's a whole bunch of people actually that are they look like they're dead their skin's all gray was or whatever that actually supposed to be grandpa that though? was supposed to be grandpa yes and you think that he's pretty much dead like he has been in every other movie and when shit starts getting weird grandpa just like suddenly comes alive and just goes well, i'm gonna get the fuck out of here stands like hands up he stands up and just walks, walks out away <laughs> it's like, what? that part i was like what like what? It's so weird. But Matthew McConaughey at that dinner scene is the creme de la creme of <laughs> the entire. He goes so crazy mm. and so insane. I mean, he lights a girl on fire. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. 
Um, but like I said, his performance is reason enough to watch this movie. Like watching him just go yeah. crazy in his own head, all while having a mechanical leg that's going crazy, <laughs> and like it is—it's such yeah, a bizarre the, movie. The material that he was given to work with in this movie was not great. Or it was genius. Or it was genius. We <laughs> the jury's still the out. Jury is out. Um, but just just how much he threw himself into this role for for a young dude, fresh out of college, like one of your one of your first starring roles. Um, who is that? <laughs> it's, it's my notes. Read that one. Oh, McConaughey is a dream. The kitchen <laughs> scene is so good. <laughs> Like that's what I was thinking when I was watching. Like he's, it's like this is everything you could ever want from a batshit crazy horror movie. Like yeah. it really is. Yeah. Um. There's a part of you where I'm just like I'm sitting there wishing. I just I wish it was. I wish the entire thing was a little more cohesive because it's literally just like a bunch of weird scenes fucking chopped together. Yeah. Um. But watching him just go off the rails. I thought was awesome. Uh-huh. Uh, and like I said, a dude fresh out of college, like just a young guy, this is like one of his first major roles. Not major, you know what I mean by oh, major. No, it, was like, one, it was one of his bigger, um, like this was Renee Zellweger's very first starring role. The fact that, the fact that he, because this was a, this was a year after Dazed and Confused. Yep. The fact that he actually used the all right, all right, yeah. all right, fuck, like, <laughs> I'm like McConaughey, dude. I mean, you can't be mad at him. Though. No, you really it's just, can't. That's that's brilliant. He knew that he had a thing after his first role in a movie. Brilliant. All, brilliant. All, all right, all right, all right. He knew he had a thing already. Yeah. And he fucking did it in the next movie, and he's mm-hmm. done it in. Almost every movie ever since. And he does it in real life too. It's yeah. just like he's he's created a, a character for himself. It's hard to it's hard to distinguish him from his character sometimes because I don't think that there's a difference. He is so much his character. like it's it's incredible. I think he's kind of a fucking genius. But oh, you, um, you, you think? No, I do I know he, he's I think a, that he's I know he's a genius. He's a genius thespian. <laughs> He's also just like a genius human being too, and also he's ripped. Yeah, right. Like he drives a Lincoln. (laughs) (laughs) Those commercials make me want to drive a fucking Lincoln so bad. It's because of the like he just. It's the way he talks. Oh yeah, so sophisticated. I I, I'm 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 picturing him like drinking a scotch while driving the Lincoln. (laughs) Like that's that's how I picture him. <laughs> like the cup holder in a Lincoln yeah. is 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 the perfect size for a for, rocks glass. It's, no, it's the perfect size for a decanter. That, that's that's <laughs> what it's. <laughs> there's a fucking there's a decanter size cup holder with a rocks glass cup holder right behind. <laughs> I love it. Um, All right. So at the end of the real quick though, the end of the movie. Yeah. Renee Zellweger's character finds herself in a hospital. And yeah, she's, oh yeah, and it's weird because uh, this is another callback to the original Texas Chainsaw with Kim Henkel. Mm-hmm. She finds herself in a hospital. We'll watch the movie. Get there yourself. But <laughs> she makes eye contact with like there's a cop talking to her, and they, they linger on the cop for a second. But it's not really weird. And then you see an an orderly pushing a woman on a gurney, 
and the and the woman on the gurney is just like staring at her, like completely staring her down. And even I think the cop even says, "Do you know her?" Or something do you know like that. who that woman is? Or, do you know who that woman is? Yeah, almost like Ken Hinkle is asking the audience, "Do you know who that woman is?" Right. That's how I took it. Yeah, the woman was. Um, What's her name from the original Texas Chainsaw? Uh, uh, Sally Hardesty. Yeah, Sally from the original Texas Chainsaw. The what? Either the, the cop or, or the, the order, orderly. The was, orderly was Franklin. Yep. So uh, okay, so the orderly was Franklin. The cop was the guy that played, um, somebody. God, uh, the cop was. Did the cop play Leatherface in no, two? No, 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 no. Uh, it was um. I had it written down here, and I think I lost it. But it was just kind of cool that he brought back, you know, these. I say here, Marilyn Burns, who played Sally, was the on the gurney. Um, oh, grandfather, that's who it was. The oh, guy that yeah. played grandfather, the young the guy, guy who yeah, played the young guy who the played one. the old ass yep. grandpa. Yeah. So I just thought that was funny. It was almost like his. Yeah, I think this. I well, think it was, a, it was, a, it was a another genius. way too, because like you, 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 like when I first watched the movie. And she makes this eye contact with this woman who's being pushed across the in the hallway with the the gurney. I'm like, what the hell was the point of that? Like the the the, the cops saying, yeah. "Do you know who that woman is?" Out of is? context, and, it's, weird. it's just bizarre. and that's the last the shot of the ends. entire movie is this orderly just the silhouette of the orderly pushing this woman off into the to the distance somewhere. Mm-hmm. Like, what did that mean? Yeah, and then I found out that the woman on the gurney was actually Marilyn Burns. Marilyn Burns, and then Franklin from the it, original was the orderly, and the, it's it, it it makes it, it you makes think, you think that like uh, like you, you just said Marilyn Kim Hinkle Kim Hinkle's going Kim Hinkle's going like Do you know who this is? Like he because he regards this as the the true yeah sequel to the original. Mm-hmm. He's he's kind of telling you like at the very end he's bringing the original characters back in like not as their not as themselves in the movie, but just bringing them back to you and showing showing them to you going do you know who that is? Because it's directly connected to what's going on here. Do you, could could it also possibly be Sally's character Sally looking at Jenny and being like what did you do to my franchise? <laughs> It's like the old staring down the I'm, new. <laughs> I'm literally dying because of what you've done. <laughs> no, it, dude, if if this movie has taught me anything, it's that Kim Hinkle is, I think, a genius. <laughs> so it's and this is the only movie he's ever directed. Yeah. So it's like it's very possible that like everything means something. Talk about like a like I like I would kill. like the ultimate one and done. Like, I'm gonna scour <laughs> the internet now and try to find like a. More like some recent just, podcast or something like that that Kim Hankel's on. Well, where if he's talking about this movie and like divulging anything, well, we I didn't, really, really we didn't even talk now. about this. There's a whole fucking Illuminati tie-in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, there's there's literally like Men in Black type characters that come to the door, and they basically tell you that the entire like Leatherface clan is part of like this Illuminati thing to. I want scare people. Yeah, like people I want scared, these people like, to experience real horror. He says, it, and it's it's completely pointless aside from the fact that it seems like he wants people to transcend. Uh, like he wants people to to uh have this transcendental experience by mm-hmm. experiencing real horror. Yeah. 
Kind of sounds like Martyrs. That movie. Be, that be. movie Martyrs. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because it could be. Because in the movie, like in the movie, I wouldn't Martyr, give it that much credit, though. Well, no, I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't. Well, what if Martyrs is based off of this idea, oh, though? Oh. I actually have. I, I have a take on it. Okay. Is it possible that the the men in black are really like the studio heads or or the audience for that man, matter? Like they're representative of like the audience, literally going up to, to these people, being like, "What are you doing?" Well. Like that's kind you're of you're supposed to be doing this. That's kind and of you're the, doing this. That's kind of the way I took it when that f- guy that guy first came in and he like looked at what McConaughey was doing and he goes, "This is an abomination." Yeah, and he says he says I wanted these people to experience true horror. Like this is and we what, made the original and, movie and, to and, do that. And what you're doing is appalling. And and I think that's exactly what it's. And then to be. when she jumps in the limo at the end with the guy, and he says, "You have nothing to fear from me." He's just a suit, right? Yeah. You have nothing to fear from me. I'm I'm completely disappointed in what I've seen, though, because all I wanted was an experience that was supposed to be transcendental for the person experiencing it. Which is basically, we made this original movie for that purpose, right? And then everything that has come after yeah. it has been bastardized. And that's why Kim Henkel thinks of this movie as the direct sequel, even though he did it as a parody. Oh my god. He did it as a parody because the 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 subsequent <laughs> movies after the original uh Texas Chainsaw Massacre, mm-hmm. he thought were a complete joke. Yeah. And so now he's thinking, I just wanted I with my original movie, I just wanted people to experience true horror. But because you took it to a place of ridiculous parody, I'm going to round it all off with the most ridiculous, nonsensical thing you've ever seen. But then at the end, I'm going to have a character tell you, I'm going to literally have somebody tell you, I wanted you to experience true horror, but this has turned into an appalling abomination. It's almost like a narrator. Yeah. Oh my God, dude. This movie... Is, is a brilliant movie. Kim Hinkle, I think, is a genius. Holy shit, I like this movie so much more now than I did even before we started the show. Oh, dude, me too. Me too. After talking this out, like, I, like, I, I, I seriously, I seriously, when right I watched now. this movie earlier, I was like, what the fuck? But now thinking about it and yeah. thinking about Kim Hinkle's feelings toward the original and toward like what he in the and the fact that he thinks this is the true sequel mm-hmm. disregarding the other two movies i'm gonna have because to, he thinks they're i'm gonna have to buy that screen factory now because i'm pretty sure certain that there's a new commentary with him on it uh and now i really really want to listen to yeah. him yep hmm well, we're gonna leave you with that. Yeah, let's. <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, a little over time. Let us know your feelings, please, because we're uh, we're kind of just working this out on the fly. So let us know your feelings on this. If you want to find us on social media to tell us your feelings, you can find us on Facebook, please Instagram, do. and SoundCloud at the Buzzed Kill Podcast. Uh, and you can also find us on Twitter at the Buzzed Kill PC. Uh, we are on all major streaming sites. Clearly, you've already found us, so uh, tell a friend. If you think, uh, if you have any friends that would be into really weird, weird fourth sequels, this is the show for you. 
100%. Absolutely. <laughs> um, you can also find us on Earth. We're, we're, we're here. Welcome to Earth. Come find us. <laughs> I don't know where I was going with that. Uh, what are we doing next week? That's actually what I'm trying to look up, which is why I couldn't form words just now. Oh. It's funny how that happens. Because you need me to stall? Need you to stall. Okay, next week. Oh, next week's Grindhouse, man. Planet oh. Terror and Death Proof. Cool, cool, cool. I am cool. so looking forward to rewatching Planet Terror, and I am so not looking forward to rewatching Death Proof. Oh. Unless my mind will change, which is the whole point of this. I, like I haven't Proof. seen I haven't seen Death Proof since it came out, and I was not a fan of it then. So we'll see if uh, time has uh, has changed my opinion on it. All right, I'm excited to revisit it though. All right, then. So. Okay, well, uh, until next week, hey. Cheers, brother. Shalom. Later, everybody. Try to have a good night. <laughs>